Since you've been here last, for Hard to Kill, we've had a lot of action-adventure stars popping out of the woodwork. Uh, do you go watch the other guys? What do you think of Jeff Speakman or uh, Van Damme? You know, do you know Van Damme? No. Uh, <laughs> you, you've heard of him? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with him, Stephen. Uh, what, what do you think of, of his work? <laughs> well, I mean... The, because, like, you guys go back to the martial arts world before you were movie stars, right? I mean, he was, like, a, a champion somewhere, and, right, I mean, you... Well, I mean, I I just promised all my mentors that I was going to be a good boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a matter of opinion, that he was a champion anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> There are an awful lot of people who say that that's not true. Who's the most legitimate Hollywood tough guy, in your opinion? You accept it, of course. When you say tough guy, do you mean martial artist or just tough I mean, guy? I mean, Stephen, for real. If he was on the street and there was a situation, you wanted this Hollywood guy by your side because he could defend himself. It's that hard to think of a legit one? Can you think of one? Michael Jai White. Can I laugh in your face? Really? Yes. Thoughts on Jean-Claude Van Damme? Can I laugh in your face? Chuck Norris? I mean, Chuck is in his mid-70s. He's probably 76 years old, okay? 75, 76 years old. Interesting. So I don't know. I don't... I've heard that he's not, you know... So, I mean, I don't really want to get into, on film anyway, Mm -hmm. uh... You know, who's a tough guy? Do I think Michael is a tough guy? No. Do I think he's a martial artist? No. Do I think Jean-Claude's a tough guy or a martial artist? No. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Is that true he got in a fight with you? No. I, 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 it'd be like me squashing an ant. I don't remember where. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it was the Inquirer, but I remember reading something about that. Come on. You Larry? Oh, he said he did like a spinning double yeah, twist kick double or something. Kick. It's Come like on. one in front of his... If he sees me, he runs. Well, he said that he whooped some Aikido ass or something. I don't know. Come on. <laughs>beginning it was like over half the votes went to this movie right i mean it is a tantalizing you put out great little leads there breadcrumbs yeah. for everybody right. you are a true qa non so that's your uh right i you know, know how to manipulate the minds of the people exactly no you're exactly right i really think what it was and this is what the the the, the uh, makers of this movie were like Subliminal, not so subliminal when you really think about it. Yeah, it's really yeah, on the yeah. nose. It's not subliminal at it's all. It's like, let's take two good, successful movies Seagal been in, combine the, the title somehow, and make them think it's that movie. Yeah. That's how you get, you get, you take Out for Justice and throw it to Hard to Kill, and you get Out for a Kill. Because Out, out for a Kill makes absolutely no sense. Right. 
It's literally Seagal word generator. Like it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's good. It's like they took it's word all, salad. They took all the fucking words out of his titles, <laughs> put them in a hat, and pulled them out. You know, you hear people do that. The creative types to yeah. write, you know, various lines and everything out for a kill. They did that for this title, and of course, the the pitch for this movie. He's an archaeologist. So, of course, now you're thinking, out for a kill, Indiana Jones. I said Minnesota Fats, but... Minnesota Fats? What is that? (laughs) It's from, uh, uh, what's it, Gambler, I think it's called? I forget. The Hustler. The Hustler, the movie. Oh! The character in Minnesota Fats. I'm... Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Paul Newman. So, uh, He was in Minnesota Fats. Okay, okay. That was Jackie Gleason, I think. I am feeling fantastic today. And you know why? Because we're talking about sensei? No. Because, you see, I got the vaccine under distress. I didn't want to go get it. I yeah. felt pressured into it. Right. Yeah, I know. But of Your course, job said you couldn't have your job unless you got it. Exactly. Is, were we in communist China? Exactly. Well, I didn't even have a job, and they said, you can't be on unemployment without the vaccine. I was wow. like, why do I need a vaccine to be unemployed? Right. So they forced me into it. Yeah, they, they do that. They came and got me. They just pulled me right out of my bed. Slap my ass on the way up, too. Made me pick up a cherry with my butt. Off a nice block, Murray. Uh, what's that phrase about Brandon? Let's go. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Murray. Yeah. I have done my own research. As always. As always. And all I, I figured it out. It's called a detox bath, and I just took one before you got over here. And I feel fantastic. Did, he, did you use our empty acid pit? We drained it last we drained week. It. I so. wish we didn't because... Uh, I'm glad you repurposed it, though. I, I repurposed it. And I got to tell everybody about this because I know there's so many more people like me who got it under distress. Uh, so here, there's five simple ingredients. I think it's four simple ingredients. First, two. Baking soda, Epsom salts. Everyone's got that around. You've got that around. I keep Epsom salts in my pocket. Are we making a volcano or are we making a... <laughs> Yeah. No, what that does is it pulls out the radiation from the vaccine. Mm, that makes all right? sense. The radiation, and that's what's going to detox They it. used that in Chernobyl, I heard. Yes, exactly. They, they healed up all the cracks by just combining the two and slapping it on there. Oh, you, can make a, you can make a nice paste with that. In the original uh, the, uh, teaser for MacGyver, the, uh, the pilot for MacGyver, he stops a chemical uh, meltdown by using chocolate. And he explains the chemical breakdown and everything. Wow, that sounds like a future tippy tap if I've ever heard one. The the pilot episode of MacGyver is fantastic. It's really good. I see why they picked it up. It's really good. <laughs> All right, second ingredient or third ingredient: betonite clay, which of course will pull the poison out of your body. It just pulls it right out. Yeah, yeah. We can is ju- peck jelly the fourth? Because peck jelly can be used for a lot of things. Well, Murray, this is the last ingredient <sighs> that is not my own. Type. That's what I've been using, by the way. Yes. And I haven't gotten COVID yet. Yeah. I did not get that. I, I refused to get the vaccine. Good for you. Yeah. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> so I know what you're thinking, Murray. The nano machines, because we have va- nano machines coursing through our bodies from nanobots? the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. The nanobots, fucking straight out of Iron Man, straight out of goddamn, uh, I can't remember I the think, characters. No, I think there was an X-File episode that had nanobots. Was too. there? I think there was. It's been, God, been writing about since the 90s. I didn't realize uh, that. Borax. Now, the FDA has fucking refused. They say it's one of the most dangerous things you can put on your skin or in your eyeballs, but we know the FDA lies. Yeah. So, of course, you pour some Borax in there. No WD-40? 
No WD WD forty one because that the forty one use for it is. It's Stop actually, it. Murray, the kind you want is WD-45 because it's been marketed by the 45th president of the United States of America, and he tells me it works real good. Pretty much the best WD he's ever come across. Who's the 45th president? <laughs> Donald was, Trump. No, he wasn't. Wait, he's 45. He's the 50th, I thought, wasn't he? The 40th was Reagan. And then uh, I'm pretty sure Bush, Donald Trump's 45. And then Bush, and then uh, Clinton, and then uh, Bush, and then Ob- is he 46? Uh, I'm pretty I, sure he's 45. I don't want to argue about it, so I'll, I'll agree with you. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But either way, WD 45. That's what you add to it. I'm pretty sure it's 45. So yeah, I'm uh, nano machines gone. Poisons pulled out. That's it. Simple as that. Detox bath. So go ahead, everybody. Get that for your loved ones. For I Christmas. say get some pack gel. You just rub it like Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest. It Every just, night. Yeah. It clears up all the, the, the stuff in your lungs. Well, Murray, COVID. You, you don't apply that one time. You apply that every night. Well, of course so you the do. detox bath, you just have to do maybe once a month. Well, you don't make money doing it once a month. I know. That's, we. Well, we get the money on the pack jelly. <laughs> we shouldn't be doing these industry secrets, you know, no. on mic. So, anyways, Murray, this movie. Let's, are you ready to get into the movie? <laughs> yes. I think everyone's ready to hear about it. I've been teasing this for a week now. Right. So, I mean, Big Seagal News, he's... I shouldn't have said we've got to go into the movie yet. Big Seagal <laughs> News, they're going to reboot Under Siege. With him in it? I don't think he's going to be in it. Well, then fuck it. I don't care. Okay. If you, I, you know what I advise you to do? Listen to our Under Siege episode. It's much better than whatever they're going to do. Everything's just going to... Why are we doing this? Why aren't we trying to make much these like, are dumb- much like the movie Out for a Kill? It's all about memories of things that were better from the past, right? Like they're even telling you this is going to be shit. Yes, but we're going to remind you of shit that was good. It's so frustrating because these movies are just like dumb action movies. You could just fucking do like five of them. You'll hit on one of Who them. Who do you think they're going to get? Chris Pratt, Chris, Chris Pratt. Evans, Chris Tucker, Chris <laughs> uh, Hemsworth, Hemsworth. I don't know. They're all too agile for the role. You got to get someone <laughs> stiff, like Sensei. I would love to see uh, Chris Hemsworth in a pillowy shirt. I would like to see that too. Cover up all those muscles. Uh, for once, cover up the muscles. We were talking about this. Where's the glutes? We never get a glute shot anymore. Well, because Van Damme had the final say on glutes. He was like, top of this, and no one's been able to do it. No we one. Got, has... We saw how many glutes did we see in Universal Soldier? Yeah, oh my god, no half the movie is glutes. Yeah, it's half dripping movie. glutes. It's literally dripping. It's kind of gross. <laughs> it's like it's like women crawling out of a, yeah. or men or whoever whomever <laughs> crawling out of a peck jelly uh, wrestling fight. You know, when uh, they fill up the little kiddie pool with it. That, just, sounds, that sounds really hot. I, <laughs> I didn't know peck jelly can be used for everything. <laughs> You just give it to the kids on the internet, and they do all this shit, and then you take I, it. It sounds your like own. a great TikTok challenge, kids. <laughs> we want you to put peck jelly on and wrestle each other. <laughs> please, <laughs> wherever you do it, show proof of ID that you're 18 years or older. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, we need to make and, sure. <laughs> and do it. The oh, sexier, the better. Oh, Send them to us. Holy shit. <laughs> Oh, we'll I'm, send him on to our man. I don't know what did that guy did. That guy have a name from that mechaphile uh, thing. We'll send him no on idea. him. I, I have no idea. He's the fourth uh, fourth ranked mechaphiliac. <laughs> I have so many questions. I've been writing on questions. It that... reminds Griff. Do you like to be peed on? 
We're talking about weird fetishes. I love. Have that you movie. ever had a woman pee on you? Let's Griff. talk about this movie. Let's talk about if Griff's been peed on. No. Okay, because because I have to talk about this story. There's this band. <laughs> they they are a they're a brass band that does Rage Against Machine covers. I think they were called Brass Against. Okay. Nobody's ever heard of this band. No one ever will hear of this band until the lead singer, a very attractive black woman, brought a man up on stage, pulled her pants down, and pissed all on his face. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think he had a GoPro on. I think it was staged. I don't think this was just like because she and she she really it was like a fire hydrant graph. She just went off on him. It wasn't like a little trickle. It was like spraying the dude's face. It's online, people. If you want to see it. <laughs> And now, now, this is the one thing. Great. I mean, I'm not, I would never let one piss on me. But now the band had to apologize. Like, they had to apologize? They didn't have to. They chose to. For what? Because I guess it was offensive that a woman pissed on a man's face in front of everybody. But I think that's rock and roll, people. Why are we, why are we apologizing for being rock and roll? Oh my god! Rock and rollers don't apologize. It's so fucking weird. I mean, everything about that. This weird. guy wanted to be pissed on, right? It wasn't like he was being like someone grabbed him, like bouncers or you know pinned him Dude, down. If Gigi Allen were around today, he'd be the biggest star just because. He'd I know be, he we w- need a fucking Gigi Allen now. Everybody would would be like, it's so offensive, but that would drive in all the fucking trolls to love him and adore him, and he would be the next Donald Trump, the forty fifth president. Seriously, you'd be so fucking huge. That's crazy that she apologized for that. I don't think she did. I think the band did because they're weasels. You know, they kind of like threw her under the bus a little, and we're wow. like, "We're sorry that she did this." I don't know. All I say is, "Hey, man, you got to pee. Don't apologize for it." <laughs> I there, like. There's no way in that situation that someone was coerced into doing that. No, like, this guy loved You have it. to be very committed to get on a stage and let somebody piss on your face. Like, that took time to set up. Yeah. And there were... My God. Murray, can we please just finish yeah, up with this movie? Yeah. So, what finish I... Finish off. Yeah, no I wish intended. we were wrapping it. Yeah. No pun intended. What I want to talk about this movie is it feels like it could have been a 90 Seagal movie, but they were trapped in the times of 2003. Yeah. So... Instead of being like a very simple, like out for a kill or something, where it's well, we're, all located. We're, we're talking about out for a kill. What are you talking about? That's, anyways. Hard so, to kill. Hard to kill, whatever. Where well, it's no, like, not whatever. Please, Get it right. Please. Let me go. Stop confusing people. <laughs> They're used to me fucking up every <laughs> name and word and title. So, anyways, this is so close to being a 90s movie. But they work in the fucking awful 2000 CGI. Yeah. So Cor- Seagal, of course, is stiffer than ever. He's chunkier than I, ever. The one thing that it, it disturbed me. I, I know I hate people. I think people really overuse the word disturbed now. But I was disturbed by the fact what was going on with his hair. What was that rat's nest? It was like a Brillo pad on his head. Like, we're used to that silky Nang Chen. It just yes. flows. It looks like hair. He didn't have a Nang Chen, people. He had like a, it was like a mullet, kind of. He had a mullet, 100% mullet. But it was just like the top looked like an iron dome. And then yeah. the back was flush. A lot of hairspray going on. Yeah, a lot holding the top together. And then he let the back go flowing. But it doesn't flow anymore because it's so stiff and wiry. 
and it looked awful. I heard that uh, this is what I hear about Rogaine that it grows hair, but it makes the hair come back like puby kind of wiry hair. That's what they say. It's not like everybody, but some people. I that's think, how it grows back. I think this might be what happened with this at all. It's usually not the back because that's the back of his hair. Do well, people usually people <laughs> usually grow the horseshoe? So that would have been. We don't his know own. if that was a comb over. Like it's starting like from the middle of his head, and he's just okay. It down. Okay, that's a good. He's point. got like Donald Trump does the same thing. That's know? yeah. He does a whole fucking like ice cream cone swirl <laughs> on top thing. So oh. gross. As befits the forty sixth president. of but it's like you take out that CGI, you stop doing the action thing because they get into that new action thing where it's just like you zoom in on someone getting kicked cuts. in the face. Yeah. You, you do lots of close ups. You do, do lots of quick cuts. You do slap fights, which, you know, everyone's that's unanimous for Seagal to do slap fights. Of course, when he hits, it sounds like wood, like coconuts clapping right. together. When his or hands something. being hit, it sounds like wood. When he, it, he hits the guy, it sounds like slapping a baby's ass. Yeah. But it's. Because he's got to, like, put the 90s behind him, he takes an incredibly simple story that should have just been in one city, spreads it out across the whole fucking U.S. Or well, this this US. movie was, it somehow was the simplest story, yet the most convoluted story at the same time. Right, because he's trying to be like, I have evolved as a star. Instead of just being a simple Chicago or New York or L.A. story, he's like, I'm an international, you know, phenom. Literally, there's literally... 10,000 scenes in this movie, and none of them last more than two minutes. Yeah, so good and luck so to you're, us. You're good luck, yeah, good luck fucking doing notes for this fucking thing. Oh, my I God. I was exhausted from work this week. I had, it took me two days. It's an hour and 26-minute movie, 26 minute movie. It took me two days to do it because it was exhausting me doing the notes. And they even put in scenes that we will have a field day <laughs> with later where it's like, why does this scene exist? It adds nothing. It, adds, it pads the fucking filter. I'm, I'm convinced... This movie was just a front to launder like Eastern European drug money, which would be funny because there's money laundering in the movie yeah. itself. I, I really believe that because all his movies, uh, uh, this movie takes place partly in Bulgaria. I think it was filmed in Bulgaria because he's all with Putin. The and green all those. screen, oh the God, green the screen effects screen. in this, the Eiffel Tower at sunset thing he uh, had going on. It was super fog. Oh, every city. I mean, a lot of cities do. We don't. A lot of cities have a Chinatown, but every city he goes to has a Chinatown that remarkably looks the same in every city. I they was, all have a lot of neon light. They're really into that It's neon. a bad thing when you have to prompt the audience where you're at. And, you know, we're obsessed <laughs> with our time of day. They take it to the next level yeah. because they literally cut to a new scene every, like, five <laughs> minutes, and they give you a prompt, and it's always... Junk. They're trying to do some born supremacy shit by having some, like, uh, like computer font go yeah. up. Yeah, but then they're always, like, time of day, location, <laughs> day. Yeah. We were never... We, somehow we were lost, yet never lost. Yes! <laughs> Plot-wise, just... we were totally lost, but location-wise, we knew exactly where we were, exactly what time of day it was. My God. And, of course, this movie is infamous for the fact that Seagal had to have uh, somebody voice over... Some of his lines because he was so <laughs> fucking mumbly in this movie. Yeah, he had the straight up uh, phone sex voice going on. Yeah, I had my fucking TV blasting. So it was, you had the explosions that were deafening me, and I had to put my fucking ear up to the TV to make out. And at the time, I still couldn't yeah, make out what he was saying. The paper cup and everything. Yeah. Oh my god. No, I had like the the cartoon people, the old people. It was like a horn yeah. thing. I had one of those, <laughs> and it was. Yeah, it was just like his breathy voice. Oh, and of course, this movie is available on a site called Crackle for free. 
But for whatever reason, they don't have the readouts for like the the prompt we were just talking on the screen to tell you what day where they're at and everything. And they don't have the titties, right? I, I saw. I I guess they don't have the titties. I don't know. It was weird. It's weird. So you're missing some stuff if you watch the crackle version, but. Hey, we're going to cover through it all. We got to get to this shit because we, we took a long time with that opener. All right, let's go to the trailer. Greggy Griff, what do you get when you combine Out for Justice with Hard to Kill? Out for a kill. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> they framed him. They murdered his wife. Get out of the car. Get your hands over your head. I think you got the wrong guy, sir. I'm a professor. You're telling me you didn't have an inkling you were smuggling? I'm innocent. They stole his freedom. Now, they will pay. Everybody, put your catheters in. It's time for a cigar movie. And five, four, three, two, catheter. Cath. All right, we're starting out. We're at this uh, little strip club in Bulgaria called Pink's. Pink Sofia, Bulgaria, the capital of Bulgaria. Oh, is that so? Yes, it is. Mm, beautiful downtown Bulgaria. Yeah, it looks like kind of like Chinatown in New York City. It looks and very similar. Kind of looks like Paris. Kind of looks like L.A. from the 70s because you have churches next to strip clubs. Yeah, and you've got a lot of uh, neon. So much neon. And we're going into uh, the the nudie. St- well, well, now we're, we're, we're seeing the aftermath of something's happening. Oh, that's we meet right. our characters. Tommy and Ed Gray, yes. the uh, DEA agents. And they're, and they're hot on the trail of these uh, Chinese heroin dealers. I like this because we always talk about how usually uh, some kind of agent cop is two weeks away from a retirement. They're always one day behind all the action. Right. And that's kind of – as befits the, the uh, character that's kind of kind of be a love interest for Seagal, she's like 20 years old. Of course she is. And so they're checking it out. They're like, there's dead bodies everywhere. Even the strippers were shot. That's how ruthless these guys so were. So ruthless. They're picking up bullet casings. They're finding glass everywhere. They see a thimble of, like, some kind of alcohol in there. Like, is Robert Ginty been here? Oh, yeah. Well, I wish he was. He'd be dead. I wish so. So now but our, our prayers are answered because we get a flashback right after this. Yeah. And we see all it is is. People are stripping. Guys, Eastern European guys are laughing, and you know they all have also a horrible wraparound sunglasses on. They're like all bald. 
Yeah, I sh- didn't get that. They they should have been wearing track suits if they're real. They're real Eastern European, right? Drug, like, like guys, they should be wearing track suits. Instead, they're wearing like suits. some of them have good suits, other ones have ill-fitting suits. But they're all having a good time. They're spread out. They're smoking cigars. They have awful fucking facial hair to separate them because you can't tell them apart because they have no hair in the same sunglasses. <laughs> okay. So they use the facial hair to separate them. And I don't even know why they went to that level of detail because they all get shot in a second. These are here. probably the Eastern European drug lords who are financing this movie. Maybe say, we want to be in movie because <laughs> they're you know, we know this movie is just laundering drug money for Eastern Europeans. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure a few of them haven't seen Seagal in forever, and they're like, "Wait, Steven Seagal? I would love to have him." Beat what me up. is it about Europeans? I see it on our Twitter. Europeans fucking love Seagal. Well, the funniest thing is he is the most of like. I figured everyone would be offended by Seagal, but even like a lot of a lot of black folk think that Seagal is pretty great. Do they? I, I that, they was, did. that was the next question I was going to ask, James. If you're listening, it's our our black friend listener. <laughs> can you do black? Do the brothers like fucking Seagal for real, or do they just laugh at him because he's trying so hard <laughs> so- <laughs> to be down with the brothers? He, I mean, he's got that like. Level. I mean, he is a Detroit blues man. Yeah, so he grew up on the streets. He's from Lansing, Michigan, by the way, not Detroit. <laughs> and yeah, so I just, I think the Europeans love him the same way we love him, in that he's he represents everything that's ugly about America. Yes, like just in him and Donald Trump, right? And so we just love to laugh at him, right? Right. It, it's just so funny because it, we are so big at mocking people online today for wearing other people's culture and everything. He has like the politician level of like uh, just fucking horror show where it's just like, my God, calm the fuck down. Why are you an Asian I, master? Why are you a black I master? I guarantee you, Seagal thinks he could drop an end bomb among black people. Oh, 100%. And get away with it. No, in that show that we did, we have lost footage of, we never <laughs> yeah. aired it, but we did an episode of uh, Lawman. And in that show, he's going up to, you know, kids on the street and everything. And uh, it's, everybody's like, oh my God, Steven Seagal. <laughs> so. I mean, if you go by his own evidence, they do all love him. <laughs> Anyways. It's going to be a long one, like we said. Yep. So you asked for it. Catheters. So, yeah, then these uh, Asian men walk into the club. and these, Also wearing sunglasses. Also, <laughs> also half it's, of them were bald. <laughs> there are a few of them had hair. For a minute, I thought half. Much like Corey Hart, they wear the sunglasses at night because it is nighttime. But... <laughs> You know, I guess it's got to look hey, cool. the ladies are so goddamn hot, and that neon is so <laughs> fucking just insanely bright right. that you got to wear sunglasses in here. The neon's so light, i got to wear shades. <laughs> so I just, thought you were going into a blues song there. <laughs> <laughs> so they just open fire and just kill everybody, and that's it. That's the thing. Like, we couldn't – like, this movie, the spoon feeds you. They realize if you're watching a 2003 Seagal, you are mentally handicapped. <laughs> so we're just going to spoon feed you. Like, we, we couldn't put it together. We see, like, the aftermath. We're like, how did this happen? Yeah. And so we get this shot that we get 45 times. This is one of the <laughs> scenes we're always cutting to, and it's our Asian gang headquarters. Yeah, it's the Chinese Tong, which is, like, the Yakuza, but China. And so let me t- explain this shot because it always starts at the very back of this table or do they do the zoom out i i think they they pull away from the the head guy they pull away from the head guy so it always starts on this bald head guy with a nice uh what's it called soul patch kind of yeah was okay and so they always just 
start real close to him and they pull out. They always do it in fast forward and he's like moving his head. There's a lot of like, – I pointed this out. This also happened – maybe this is a new – this is a straight-to-DVD technique because this happened in Revela- Revelation Row too. A lot of very unnecessary slow-mo. Yes. out of nowhere. Again, padding this movie. <laughs> it barely hits uh, 126 and it shouldn't have as we've already said. Right. And so as we – have the fast forward him moving his head around for some reason it slowly goes down the table the camera and you start to see that there's people on either side of this right. table there's five ten, on each side yep ten, ten in all and we this man's name is wong is that his name the head Wong is the head guy the head of the tong is named wong and we we get the and like i said they're spoon feeding us so he mentions every one of his goons i st- then- oh, i started writing on these names and i stopped <laughs> yeah i was like i was too tired i'm like yes. usually we're thorough about this i'm like no but they do a great job because they, they tell you what their position is in the organization yes they tell you their turn ons they tell you their turn offs all of that and that was too I much i couldn't believe there was I can't believe how much balconies is to turn on for people. I thought that was just Donna from Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Everybody's but, into a balcony. Balconies are sexy. I didn't know. Right. And, of course, a lot of them, because they're bald, they're into the good aftershave. Because after you shave your head, you know. You, you put aftershave in your head? I think people do to calm it down. Or some kind of. Joe Rogan probably does. That. Joe Rogan probably does. They've been airing, like, the old episodes of uh, that Fear Factor. Yeah. And just seeing Joe when he's, like, bulked out in sweater, Steven Seagal style is very funny. Compared yeah, to back when he's holding on to that hair and holding on to that hair and everything he, i didn't notice that when he let it grow long in the back it was also frayed out like cigars so uh, uh. <laughs> so we learned that this is a big deal all the tong families all the crime families of china are gonna finally unite and merge into the a corporate yeah corporate tong finally so and they're gonna take over the entire heroin market it's a good thing they're below board because this would be a monopoly they're putting up a monopoly on the gang business. Right. And then Wong just says, no one must interfere with this. Do not let anybody interfere. This is too important. And then we're <laughs> like, we know who's going to interfere, Sensei. All right. And here we go into the credits. And we're coming out. And we're at a dig site. Right. And we got our man, Robert Burns. Professor Robert Burns. Lamest name that he's had yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty lame. I mean, we're used to him having like Nico or something. <laughs> well, he's more—he's an intellectual. We first of all, we don't know if this is his real name. This because remember he had his past that we don't know about, right? So he's even duping the audience, right? I like that. Well, everyone, most everybody calls him Professor. Right. So, so he's at it. We're at we're at a dig site, and it's him. Like pointing out, he's sitting above everybody. So there's always like a square dig site, and there's people right. in the pit. Usually, it's just his one female assistant. Which I yeah. can't imagine what that looked like. That'd be awful. But she's like down in the trenches, doing all the hard work. He's literally like, like a, like a, what do they call those? Like the lifeguard seats. He's up <laughs> he's on in a, a booster pe- chair. Yeah. yeah, he's up on a pedestal, sitting, towering over her, like looking down, trying to explain everything to her. Yeah, he's explaining to her about her own culture because we're in China. Yeah, I dig. And he's wearing a, a giant leather duster. Which makes sense. Makes perfect sense because we, as we learn from here, all archaeology is is dusting things because they just take an antiquity and dust it. Yeah. And so she's pointing out – she hands him a jade figure. It's like in perfect condition. Like it, <laughs> right. like nothing has happened to it except one eye has chipped out of it. And she, she starts talking about how, oh, it's lost all of its value or everything. <laughs> and Seagal – He's he's full of uh, you know great philosophy in this movie, and he just rips off in the land of the blind. 
the one-eyed man is king. And I, I've got to point out, there's tons of fortune cookie philosophy throughout this movie. There's tons of quoting things. Sun, there's a Sun Tzu quote at the beginning of this yeah, fucking movie. Yeah, the Sun quote, yeah. And so, yeah, we, we, we wrote down about half of it. So yeah. there's just so much. They're peppered in here. But, of course, Seagal, when he realizes he can get away with it, he tells them, yeah, actually, I wrote that. It's like it's like the story about when he said he read the greatest script he's ever read in his life, and then someone <laughs> said, "What? Who wrote it?" And he said, "I did." Exactly. Yeah. He it takes, probably was the script. It probably was the script. All right. So now we're cutting to they're like at a, a we need, gala. We, as we learn through all of his movies, we need the credentials. We need to know what is going on. With right. This guy. And we're getting the credentials of his double life here. So of course he's an archaeology professor at Yale. It's got to be Ivy League. And we're at the, I guess it's the Archaeologist of the Year Awards or something like that. The Archies. MVAs, the most valuable archaeologists. <laughs> yeah. Because he wins the award, of course. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a golden like, lion statue. Yeah, it was like a tiger or something. And he's, of course, he's appropriately, he's got the Mandarin kind of shirt on. Yes, always. And everyone's just standing, oh, and he's like, please, please sit down. And he's always humble. He goes, really? I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be where I am. It was for my little young assistant Yi and her father. Who her father? They they allude to there's something going on with the father, but he never explained the father figure. Yeah, it's very weird. And why is it his assistant's father? That's even weirder. So it must have been like they worked out a deal here. My guess would be if this, this is probably there's so much on the cutting room floor. They allude that his father's a master of a, a martial art called Chico. I think it was called mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Jinko. Jenko, Jenko jeans. Jenko jeans. Yes. Well, look the the I art think, of fighting in Jenko jeans. Well, yeah, but that's that's the thing. Seagal was wearing Jenko jeans, be so fat that it looked like regular <laughs> pants. It's the only thing that flows <laughs> off his flowy fucking shirts. So they lose. So the I'm putting in my head because I put together that he obviously must have trained. Well, co-trained because I think they trained each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But, but Seagal came to him, and then Seagal's like, I, I figured out some flaws in your thing. <laughs> Yeah. So it was kind of like a pity hire. He hired Yi. He probably knew, he knew a diversity was, hire. He knew. Yes. He knew <laughs> since she was like five, and he's just like, "You're like my little daughter," and so he like, you know, rubs her on the head, like, and she's like, "You can be my assistant." I, think I, I hope you never left them in the same room together because I, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna wait. Seagal's a terrible human being, so I'm I'm not sorry about painting him to be a pedophile. <laughs> I'm not sorry about that. So that's we. So we got the backstory. We know he's the greatest archaeologist of all time, and. You know, Beats Indiana Jones by a mile. Right. And as we're seeing him just shake that trophy and he's got a smile. This is the only time I've seen Seagal with a smile on his face is when people are applauding him. Right. He, we, we're fading into him on an airplane. He's on a little biplane. Yes. I did notice today that for some reason they have like minivan seats in there, like old Aerostar captain's chairs. I was like, why is this in a little little plane? Uh, who knows? But they're flying. I was waiting for him to talk about how what a great pilot he is, but no. I was waiting for that, too. <laughs> well, we, we learn later on he is a great pilot. But what we do get out of this scene is that he can sniff around you know, all the clues and figure out a person's exact right. life. Because he's like, what are you doing just flying these? You fly it like you'd be flying a bomber plane over uh, Kazakhstan. And he's just like, we learned that his name's Crash. Crash. He's like, what kind of name is Crash for a pilot? Well, they call me that because I never crashed. It's quite ironic. And he gives him a card. And they zoom. Why do we need to see this card? They zoom in on this card. Again, the convolutedness of this movie. It's like we could have remembered that he met this pilot. Coupler was his name. Crash. It was like 
Jared Coupler <laughs> crash. Yeah, whatever. So anyways, but he, he notices, like, that he's ex-military and everything just by his aviators. He's like, yeah, that's ex-military aviators. I know. I've been around right. a few of he you. He has a sixth sense in this movie where he can just find things, you know, gambling dens, whatever. So then, okay, now we know how they got to the – because it's on the border of Kazakhstan and China. Yes. And now they're back back at the site, and he's explaining to her how to like bag up or not like box up these uh, antiquities. They're they're in a dig site again. She's in the trenches doing all the work. He's back on he's his He's back on his fucking like lifeguard booth tower. He's staring down at her, trying to mumble directions at her. How does this? What she must have been around him a lot if she can actually understand his fucking mumble talk because it is awful. Without closed captioning, this movie is impossible to understand. Yeah. And he's letting her know you got to put a little tag on the thing, and then you put it in a box, and you seal it for customs. It's got to be a certain seal. Yes, they're everything. And then, of course, they had a wax seal that went on it, yeah, too. Like signet ring he put in. Uh, yeah, I really like that because it was his mark, and he needs to get credit because, look, you in order to win the archaeologist award, the most valuable archaeologist, you have to start day one. Right. You have to have 364 days of like constant flow of fines. Otherwise, you're going to lose it to that right. asshole, Indiana or Minnesota. Speaking of assholes, we see a guy. He immediately knows there's something off about this guy. And we know because he, he steps on a plate. Yes. At a fucking thousand-year-old plate. And they're on a dig site, and these people are all standing around in suits and ties. So that was kind of a giveaway, too. Yeah. And so he's just like, hmm, there's something off about that guy. But I'll ignore it. And well, we know something's up with this guy. Right. So he's like, let's go check out. They have like a little shack that they keep all the finds, the crates. Yeah. They were like loading them into this shack. So he's like, let's go over and look at that shack. I want to I want to investigate that. Right. Because he knows something's up. And he notices the seal has been broken. And then he opens it up. And he opens it. It's like a little Russian nesting doll. Opens it up. And there's a big giant sack of heroin in there. Yeah. Like, I didn't put that in there. What is going on? He's like, go to the car. He, he immediately, like his, his special ops training just goes right into action. Yeah. They jump in the car and just start driving, and they're chased by plate guy. Yep. And we get long, <laughs> awful it's car chase. Apparently what he's doing here, since they're in China, they're trying to drive to the Kazakhstan border to get away from these people. And, of course, at some point they open up fire, the gangers. <laughs> And we get a close-up Matrix-style bullet-time view of bullets <laughs> piercing into their car. The worst CGI I've ever seen. So bad. Again, padding out this movie. Easily 10 minutes added to this movie in slow motion. Bullshit. Really bad effects. They should not have done this. They hit Yi. She falls face-first in the sensei's crotch. Well, I mean, he, he's been telling her since she was six that his dick had healing properties, so... Makes Apparently sense. it didn't work this time because they're pulled over at the border. By the, I guess the Chinese pulled them over. Well, there was just like a whole fucking force waiting for them at the border, and they get they pulled out. The DEA's there. Tommy and Ed are there, and they they discover the heroin. Did they? Or did they? Did they bring that that doll with them? That not the doll, the statue, or whatever. I guess they had something in the back of their car because yeah, I thought they did inspect something, but. I well, believe, they're being framed. I mean, we know that. Well, yeah, the DEA were already on to him because all the crates they had found. I don't think there was a crate in the car here, but the DEA had found other crates in 
Professor uh, Robert Burns, God, that name does not fit him at all, has his signature all over them. So he was associated. They were trying to catch him, and they just happened to know that he would be driving to this border or something, or maybe they were on their way out there. (laughs) So if you pay close attention, you'll see that uh, when he has to go to get out to comply with all the DA and military telling him to get on the ground, he taps in his double. Who actually has flowing hair? You can see whenever you see the uh, the hair actually move and function like normal long hair would, you know it's the stunt double. Right. I have to point out that in Griff's notes, he did a typo, and I for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what this fucking man. Because what you typed was proof taps in his double to lay on they round, and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so I literally, I was like Seagal later on in the movie working out this code and I figured <laughs> out lay on the ground okay <laughs> so yeah he, 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 they get the double to do that of course they do and then we cut back to I want to point out okay these guys are all the crime lords of China they, their place of location is Paris yeah. I guess it's the last place you'd expect them to be yeah okay so they go we go back to Paris we do the zoom in down the fucking yep. long table or rather we should call it the zoom out down the table and Wong is laughing because he's like, he just sensed that somehow this guy was going to like fuck up his his uh, situation. Yeah, because they were using, well, they were using his they dick were using to smuggle him. the drugs. Yeah, and they he probably were realized him. this guy. There's something. This guy's perfect. He's gonna. We got to get him out of the picture, right? Because he's gonna fuck everything up. Because he said before, no one must interfere. Right. No one. No one. And so he's like, ha, 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 I did it. You know, he's going to jail. We're never going to see this fucker like, again. Like, the audience wouldn't believe that our hero, Steven Seagal, was the good guy in the situation. He explains it to let, you know, the heat <laughs> off of Professor. Right. Because we were thinking, oh, shit, he's really in on this, even though we just saw him run away. The, the Wong tells us, no, in fact, he is. Right. Yeah. So we're now we're in, we're in uh, Chilo Prison, something like that. And he's still got his leather on, his gigantic leather trench. Their interrogation room is, like, in the middle of the prison. So there's cells all around him. And then there's just this table set up where he's sitting at the back of it. There's no chairs on the other side because that would be in the way of, you know, the camera and everything. Right. Ed and Tommy are there. Ed, obviously jealous of him. So he's like, this guy's, this guy's fucking guilty. And Tommy's like, I don't know. He looks like a good guy. So she's kind of yeah, wavering. She immediately sees that frayed out hair. And she's like, I got to fuck. Mama got to fuck that shit. But Ed, Ed picks up on that. He's jealous because he wants to hit it. Ed is nothing but a jealous uh, embryo. Yeah, That's he, all, embryo. He spends the entire movie just outside buildings grumbling about shit. Yeah. Like, this is not right. We shouldn't be doing this. Right. Tommy, I don't think you should do that. I'll wait here and grumble. So he throws down a picture of one of uh, Wong's underlings, Silo, who he was the guy who's turned on his uh, balconies. Balcon- well, one of. And, and one he's of like, Mr. Boss, isn't he? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just an honest professor of archaeology from Yale. I just won the most valuable archaeologist award. <laughs> I have it here with me in my billowy. My, <laughs> he pulls out. He's got a million fucking pockets. Doesn't have a thing. photo of his wife. Just his archaeology <laughs> awards. I'm just a professor. And of Let course, me call my wife. Because apparently we, we, we don't know this, but Griff and I are going to assume his wife's a lawyer. We don't know. I mean, she's basically just like a, a, a Russian stripper. They hired for the role. I want to point out the one piece of information I found out from IMDb was a woman who I don't know her name. She's never been a star. She uh, auditioned for this. I'm assuming she auditioned for the role of the wife because I think that's the only white woman role in the movie. Yeah, that sounds right. And she claims that 
on the audition, Seagal pulled her top down and whipped his dick out. Oh, my God. That sounds right, <laughs> so, though. This is probably why we had to get a Russian stripper to fucking play this role of this wife. Right. Because the only person who could stomach being around. He needed to make sure that his actress, who's in two scenes in this movie, <laughs> had an, the right kind of energy with his character. Right. And so, hey, my character would do this. This is just what I would do. <laughs> this is what Robert Burns would do, not Steven right. Seagal. Also, I'm going to touch your titties. So Robert Tommy, Burns. Tommy pulls that aside. No, this doesn't. This doesn't work out. He's innocent. He's clearly well, innocent. Well, that whole time he was talking to Ed, he's staring into Tommy's eyes, and Tommy does not blink. <laughs> this woman does not blink. So sh- they're just staring into each other's eyes, and of course, Seagal, because he's serious all the time, he's just got like little tiny slits for eyes, and his whole face wrinkles up. It's so fat and so wrinkly somehow. It's awful. But yeah, he stares into Tommy's eyes, so when they walk away, you know, he touches her hand, and he's just like, I'm innocent. And that's it. She's convinced. Ed not convinced. He's like, I'm going to call in the boss. We're going to break this motherfucker. So he calls the boss in. Boss is like, look, he is innocent. But what? I look, I saw those eyes. He's innocent. He somehow saw the eyes. Well, he was probably looking up to see who, found, who won the archaeology right. award. Yeah. And he was like, oh, my God, this man is a saint. He's got beautiful eyes. But we, a- we, we've tried everything to get this one guy. We can't do it. He can. So what we're going to do have him think that the professor is working for us. And then we're going to have Wong... Oh, I, I, this is where it gets convoluted. Am I telling you right? Yeah, it's, it's really... I wrote this down specifically specifically because, A, it's confusing as fuck how the officer says it here. Oh, okay, yeah. What it, okay, now I get it. He believes... Cause we know he's so dangerous. That he's like, he will take care of Wong for us because he'll be so offended that he got, like, dragged into this. Right. But they don't know he is somehow, like, a master of everything. So I don't... They read his eyes. Right. But it's just, like, confusing because it doesn't make sense. He's not, like, some badass. Like, he isn't out for a kill or out hard to kill or something like that. You know, he has no reputation outside of being an archaeologist. So this makes no sense. I thought they were using him as bait to lure out Wong's guys. But that doesn't happen. <laughs> Not at all. Like, Tommy and Ed are always 18 steps behind him. So they're never when in a he, situation. When, except when he's 18 steps behind them. Because it's always like a cat and mouse thing. He shows up, like, That's seconds right. later yeah. than they do. That's right. Yeah, there's definitely times when it's like it goes the reverse. Right. So you're right about that. So, like, Ed's like, well, he's got a wife. What are like, fuck his wife. I don't give a shit. I just want him to get the job done for us. Yeah. So the motivation, if it... it it might not make any sense here. <laughs> this guy's really trusting that this giant archaeologist who's fat and sloppy and shitty is going to somehow take on the most dangerous Chinese gang in the world. Everybody is terrified of Robert Burns. They, they know nothing about him. Wong is shitting in his pants about this guy. <laughs> Every time they come back it's- to him, he's like, we must stop this squalor. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. And we get a Road to Revelation scene here because we saw this was the opening scene of the first Road to Revelation room. Oh, I forgot to pat us on the back again, of course. The number one Christian podcast of the month. Round of applause for Golden Globus Theater. Just of the month? Good good Christian boys. You know, I kind of hate it because a certain Rittenhouse child listened to that, became a good Christian boy right before he took the stand and he got off scot-free. Works both ways. It works both ways, everybody. I'm so sorry. his wife, she's making a nice cup of Folgers. Yep. 
and wearing her heels. And there's a story. <laughs> they literally say noted archaeologist. Is there any archaeologist, any famous archaeologist besides Indiana Jones no, who's not couldn't, real? Couldn't name a single archaeologist existing <laughs> the, today. Noted archaeologist still in prison. This makes like the head of the news. Not still in. Is locked in prison. Has been locked in prison at the Kazakhstan Chinese border. And she sees that immediately drops that Folgers. Slow motion. We see that cup drop. Yeah. I don't know what this cup's made of because it doesn't break. She's watching it in her, on her seven-inch black and white TV. What the fuck was that? Like 2000? They're very humble. Really? You very, know you know, Professor Burns is one of those guys is like, I don't watch TV. That's yes. for imbeciles. Yes. 100%. So she probably sneaks it out. She like, says something she can hide in the closet. You know? Well, he's gone on. He's in China right. constantly. And she still has to sneak a TV in there. He's like... I don't watch TV, so you won't watch TV. Right. So we cut back to the prison. We're in a Chinese prison, so of course it's, we're in prison, though. So it's got to be a black guy as his cellmate. There has to be. Is and he, he's a street tough from Chicago. <laughs> right. What the fuck? His name's King. And he gives his backstory. And Seagal is so bored with his story, they immediately start like morphing him talking to his wife over it. I was so confused. I thought the video I was watching, because I was still on Crackle at the time, <laughs> I was like, oh, this file's fucked. Right. It was such a jarring memory flashback thing. Yeah. It was thing, so like, weird. He's like, the thing is, man, I was selling weed, and then it just immediately morphs into like, like he's going to sell. His, Robert Burns is bored with him already, so he's thinking about his wife. <laughs> So, I, we, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So they're trying to equate like an American crime of selling weed on the streets over to China, Kazakhstan. I love it. Even the black people in another country are the people getting caught for right. weed. So oh, this is so we, crazy. We see him. He's he's like we like we said. We're assuming his wife's his lawyer because she's like I'm going to get you out of here. They're in like the t- interrogation room. Still has his lather on. Never like we were expecting like there'd be like a half hour of prison. No. He's he doesn't even, he's never in a, like a, a prison uniform. There's one scene where he is when oh. he's chained up and put into the cell, but then when he's back in the cell, <laughs> he's in his leather again. They had him in a jumpsuit, like a prison jumpsuit, for one fucking shot, and then he's back in his leather. And then we just get a scene. He's 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 back in his cell in leather, talking to King, and he's like, "I can't believe you're getting out, man." He's just like, "Yeah," and he's like, and then. <laughs> And then he gives the most perfect, doesn't even look, black guy handshake, which, hey, man, it's difficult. I've been there. You're like, because it changes yeah. every time. You never every know time. what you're going to get. You never know. So, so you know, he's just like, he doesn't even look, does it. He's like, King, I mean, the King is like a, a proof a professor. Well, what they're doing is they start, they are doing some, some scripture from the Bible. They're doing it. They're feeding each other line by line, verse by verse, and they're just going back and forth, not missing a beat, just like that handshake. <laughs> they both just know it so well because he's been in this prison for all of ten minutes, and they just their chemistry. It's like, like me and Murray here. Yeah, they're like brothers. They like, are down for life. And so after they finish that, Seagal does this thing where he touches the front of his forehead and runs it down the back of his head, down his neck, all the way down to the small of his back. I don't understand. No, that, that's a classic Seagal move. That's to emasculate the guy. Like, you're like a pet to me. So he's like petting him. Like, is that yeah. method? What is that style of acting? It's called Seagal. Seagal. <laughs> he can't help himself. He really can't. And he's like, see you later. And he's like, don't you forget about me, Burns. Because Burns is going to get him out. Because, of course, we all, even Seagal knows that, you know, catching people for just selling a little bit of weed, it's bullshit. Got to get them out. Zoom in. We're back in Paris. It's Wednesday, 8.32 a.m. 
Wong, zoom in. <laughs> the, the problems really are that precise. And he's just like, how the fuck did he get out? It was a perfect plan. And he goes to his goons. You watch this motherfucker. You make sure he knows nothing about our plan. Right. They're convinced he knows nothing. But then when he gets out, again, was was this the was this the DEA guy captain's plan? Like, as soon as he gets out, they're going to think he knows something. I don't know. That makes, that makes more sense. Yes, it would. Because he cut a deal because he knows about our operation. So now he's going to work with the DIA or DEA. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Not, DIA. The, not the Detroit Institute of Art. It's pretty cool, but not the greatest. So, yes, I think you're right. So, like, they probably floated it out to Wong yeah. to let him know. All right, everybody. I had I, I got to bring this up because this is a constant trope of Steven Seagal's. He's always got to show off how fucking great his suburban home is. He's got to show off that it has two floors. Only rich people got two floors. Exactly. And you know what? The only the richest of the rich people have the 90-degree turn <laughs> staircase. Wow, yeah. Because a lot of the houses I used to work in, they just had the straight staircase. That's all they could afford. Bougie. Exactly. Man. You need that stair. You know what? <laughs> you need that, that bend. The the like ninety degree spiral staircase. You know yeah. that one's pretty good too. That's pretty classy. Well, the ultimate is the two staircases that go up. Yes. To the, bal- to the, ba- the sexy balcony. The sex balcony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know they're fucking on that balcony right. for sure. I haven't seen it in a cigar movie yet, but you know no. that's he's always trying to be a middle class guy. Right. Humble. If, yeah. Exactly. Humble. If you were an upper class guy, he would be fucking on that balcony. So we got store. This is John D. Hart lighting. I do appreciate that. Stormy night. Stormy night. We got the window on the ninety of the the staircase landing here, halfway up, and you could see that his wife, for some reason, her lingerie is like in the basement, and she puts <laughs> it on, or maybe she was making him a sandwich because it's the only way he could get his dick up. So, <laughs> so she's coming up. She hits that halfway point, the landing. I think she was in the closet watching like one of her favorite shows. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. And so she hits that landing. She's got the light. The lightning strike comes in. You can see she's wearing the see-through negligee. She's, she's got some weird like you know lingerie thing on and everything. You can kind of see some 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 butt action here. Not full on. It's not it's not a glute shot. No. Everything. We're all missing glute shots nowadays. And she finally gets up to the room where Steven Seagal is sitting on their bed, hinged up at the waist. Yeah, he's covering his belly with his, his uh, blanket. He's, he's got a baggy black T-shirt. Giant like, Haynes black T-shirt. <laughs> the sleeves go down to his elbow. Right. <laughs> he's that. Maybe that's why black guys love him, because they love those giant like T-shirts, too. Is he ashamed of his body? I would. <laughs> I'm then, ashamed of his body. <laughs> <laughs> shot his waist up and it's like through a mirror like they shoot yeah, into oh a my mirror God. so i just want to point out the choreography is god awful in it's this so movie bad. it's so it's bad it's so bad and they're, they're thinking they're making these great shots yeah. they probably spent all day setting up these shots it's so he's got a big thick comforter covering him waist out <laughs> and he's pulling the blanket up as his wife's taking her top off so uh, and then he like honks her tit and it's like I feel a lump. You might want to get that checked out. And then we just <laughs> fade away. So now we're in Chinatown. New York City, Chinatown? Because he lives in New Haven, Connecticut, because that's where Yale is. Yeah, so okay. He goes, he goes down to Chinatown to see Yi's father. I don't think he has a name. I don't remember it. I didn't write just it down. Yi. As far as I know, it was fucking Yi. No, Yi was the girl, I thought. Oh. They got shot. This is Yi dad. Oh. Yi papa. Okay. And it's her, like, uh, like a, I don't know if they're funeral or they're having, like, a... Uh, 
uh, some kind of memory, remembrance kind of ceremony. Uh, yeah, it seemed like it was just kind of like a week-long wake-type situation where you could go in and pay your tribute to her, pay honor. Pay, pay to respect. Her. Pay respect. And I thought... The Buddhist temple. I thought it was Papa Yi's, like, establishment. Because they always show him in giant, like... Offices and buildings and rooms and houses. So well, we like, know he's successful. He wears a suit all the time. All the time. Yeah. Tuxedo at night. Right. Yeah. And they meet up, and then they just exchange some more fortune cookie uh, nuts. A mind is a mirror. This is what Yi's father says. This is what Papa Yi says. A mind is a mirror, bright light shining. Be sure to clean it every day. Allow no dust to cling. And then he's got it's like it's like a rap battle, but with philosophy. Again, it was like the poet or the Bible verses he was exchanging with uh, the black fellow and in prison. And then say, "There is no mirror, there is no dust, there is no darkness. Only the mind is light." And then they just bro hug, like did it, man. He does it again. He, gra- <laughs> he palms the back of his head, runs his fingers all the way down to the small of his back, and you notice that when he really respects somebody. Touches the cake a little bit, but that was weird because that's what the villain in uh, one of our black exploitation movies did. The uh, the mama, yeah, uh, she she would touch yeah, Patrick the, Jones. I don't remember. Yeah, what yeah the, she would touch uh, the cakes and then she would shake her hand shake it off. and Seagal did that's that. That's the inspiration for Taylor Swift's song "Shake It Off." Yeah, a hundred percent. I've seen the music video. She's a thief, and that's, um, that's all they're I'm doing. Saying. She's a thief. Well, yeah, I mean, her dad's like an industry guy too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's his ultimate form of respect when he does that to you because he loves Papa Yi. Right, and he looks, he he grabs him by the by the head, like like uh, like uh, what's his face from last week's the turkey shoot. Grabs him, calls him, and he's like, "I swear to you, I will get vengeance for your daughter's death." And he's like, "I believe you." So he's like, "I'm gonna fuck off now. Let let let's show your respect to my daughter." Yeah. So he lights up some incense. Yes, puts it. Uh, puts it. There's like a picture of Yi there. There's two monks there, yeah, like two like Shaolin monks. Shaolin monks, yeah, in their full wardrobe and everything, and they're just standing guard <laughs> for the spirits to make sure they're safe or something. Right. And suddenly, one of the incense he's burning is a sparkler, <laughs> and it it's one of those white crossbow bolts from uh, you know Turkey Shoot. So it blows up, and suddenly he's fighting. <laughs> yes. And oh, two monks God. attack him. Slow mo slap fighting. There's a lot of wire <laughs> tricks. Yeah, and this is a, these are on Seagal just to make him like he can move. They got yeah. his leg out of wire. It's like <laughs> picking it up. Oh, he's, it's just hinging too. So there's like no force behind it or anything. But he takes him out because he's Seagal. Of course he does. Yeah. And then well, he I, notices oh. on one of the monks' wrists there's a tattoo. And it says in Chinese, because he can free fluent Chinese, because right. he's a Chinese archaeologist. Watch out below. And, and what, the second guy, yeah. says, a river. Huh. Watch out below a river. And he like, catalogs that in his brain. And goes, yeah. I might need to know that for some later yeah. on. All right. And we're going back to the, the villain table of Wong. <laughs> it's uh, Wednesday. Yes. 7.53 p.m. <laughs> And he's just like, Gualo, 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 Gualo. It's like every other word is Gualo because that's that's like Guy Jen or Gringo. It's, in a, it's like, Well, you know. Murray, they zoomed out and Jeopardy was on and he was just yelling out the answer to the question. Okay. <laughs> and so he's just like, the Gualo, of course, is our man's uh, Seagal. Yeah. And uh, we see th- this is one thing I like that they did. It's, they should have used this more sparingly, but they literally cut to Wong a thousand times in this movie. 
is that as it's zooming uh, out to reveal the whole table, two people are missing now. Right. The, the monks, Wu and Ping. Yeah. And he's like, they're dead. We have to get this Guolo. And then we get a little... They, they researched his story. Right. And because they're in a mafia gang, they can figure out information before the DEA can. <laughs> right. And of course, it's Seagal. Not only is he the greatest archaeologist, he's also a master thief in his past. He was called the ghost mm. because he would just... You could never see him, and he that's that, and that's how, and he specialized in Chinese like uh, artifacts. Yes, of course. And and then he he but he was captured. He yep. was imprisoned. He probably allowed himself to be captured because he's probably feeling guilty about what he was doing. So he needed to do penance, right? So he, and then he got his doctorate in archaeology <laughs> in prison. Yes, which I don't know if that's that's a thing. Like, do you? Re- don't you have to go out on some digs first before you get a doctorate? No, it's, you do not have to do a single field study. <laughs> you don't need to learn how to handle. You don't need to learn how to dust. You just buy a duster and you're a duster. None of that. All he you got to do is school. He went to University of Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> UOP. And he got his doctorate in uh, archaeology. Yeah. So that night, professors take – it's their night on the town. They're going to Vinny's. You got to go to Vinny's if you, you want to – I got to bring up, you know – He's a good Christian boy because his wife doesn't have a name. It's just wife. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this in our Road to Revelations 2 episode, is that good Christians realize that women shouldn't have their own first name. Once they're married, they just, they're so-and-so's wife. So he goes up to her. He does the fucking head thing on his wife. But I noticed he didn't grab her cake. No, it's true. So, yeah. And he's like... For getting me out of that Chinese prison, we're going to Vinny's tonight. Mm. And of course, Vinny's the greatest Italian-Mexican fusion restaurant in the world. In the world. And so he's there. He, of course, eats his, his, his pastrami and nacho cheese immediately. She just started <laughs> on her meal. He's like, it hit me. He's yeah. like, I got to take a shit big time. I'm going to blow this You saw that off. scene a little wrong because what was happening is she was ordering drinks because she was thinking this is going to be a prolonged event. He ordered an appetizer of the nacho pastrami cheese in a martini. That's, his appetizer is a 12-inch sub. Yes. <laughs> He's got a lot if, of girth. I just want to point out, if you watch the laser disc, you can see John DeHart in the background holding court like everyone's <laughs> cracking up. Well, the easiest Olin. way is you can see Vinny's cracking his ass off. Well, yeah, but on our cut, you can just see Vinny laughing. You're like, why is he laughing? You know. But the laser disc, it's the whole wide screen. Yeah, yeah. Of course, because <laughs> we know Seagal's not telling any jokes. Right. No one has ever mistook yeah. it, mistaken uh, Seagal for a humorist. Right. So he's Ugh. like, he's like, the pastrami hit me, babe. I'm going to destroy this toilet for half an hour. I'll be back. So he wanders in, and, of course, a line forms outside because you know he's in there forever. <laughs> he comes out, and so he's He seems to, like the kind of guy, like, he would lock the door. There's, like, five toilets. Yeah, he's like, I he go to the bathroom myself. Yeah, he would figure out a way to wedge the door shut 100%. <laughs> he, would, he would get stands on it, too, and take his shirt off. Right. <laughs> and he shits in the urinal, too. That's the, re- that's the real fucked up thing. Like, oh, my on. God. Just gross. <laughs> so he walks out, and he's used to this scene. So he is acting completely natural as opposed to anybody else who poops in public. They don't want to make eye contact with anybody until they've had time to, like, reset their situation. <laughs> Get back in their Reflect. chair. Hide behind a menu for a little <laughs> while or something. You know, make sure no one's looking at them. And now they can finally calm down. But he shits... For 45 minutes in a completely locked down bathroom so often he's used to seven men in suits waiting outside the bathroom for him. So he's not phased by this conversation. And the guy just gets in his face and goes, look, Wallow, you need to get the fuck out of here and mind your business. Again, Seagal, 
who for some reason put himself on a fucking crate as well. So he's standing not one foot taller than this man, but three feet taller than this man. Not sure why he did that, but hey, skull gonna skull. And he's like, I agree. I'll leave right now. And then the guy... The ganger, for some reason, decides, I won't leave well enough alone. So he says, oh, you're mistaking. You need to take this very seriously, because I see that pretty little thing over there. I'm going to kill her. And then, I'm going to kill your dog. And then, I'm going to kill you. And when he hears that, kill me, he gets offended. <laughs> the only thing that offends him is when he says, I'm going to kill you. So we get another wire, like this... Seagal's a puppet, basically. There's somebody <laughs> moving him. It's Team America. Yeah, I mean, because so many of these like uh, sets are obviously sets. They're not real like rooms. And this is another one because you can see if you once again you got the laser disc, you can change the the perspective ratio, and you see someone above like puppet mastering Seagal. <laughs> And they got this whole contraption. He's like sliding on like a dolly. Aaron, Aaron Norris is up there. <laughs> yeah. But he takes out all the goons. And then he's, he's like, notices the wrist again. He's always drawn to the wrist. Wait, what doesn't make sense here, though, is that the last time it was like all the guys had the tattoos. Well, the two. Two of the two. Right. This time there was like six guys in there, but only right. one of them has the tattoo. Right, because he's only one of the ten. Right, and he brought yeah. goons with him. Right. And, it's like, and he sees the tattoo. It says the crane. And we're like, hmm. I'm going to think about this for a little while. And while we're thinking about it, we, like we said, Tom, Tommy and Ed are always 18 steps behind. Or two steps ahead. <laughs> two steps ahead. Because I'm sorry, but you pointed out that <laughs> yeah. it goes both ways. Right. It goes both ways. It's, it's, it's uh, fluid. And so they're at, the, they're at Vinny's. They're checking things out. And Ed's like, this fucking guy's a nut job. Like, I don't think so. This was, this was self-defense. Yeah, I love that Tom. She's looking at the scene, smells the bathroom, is like, that's his scent. <laughs> he was in the bathroom taking a shit when these guys confronted him and told him, you know. You never confront a guy when he's taking a shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, you don't say, can you please shut the door? Can you please put a shirt on while you're doing that? Like, what are you doing? No, you never talk to a man while he's shitting, which is a good rule. So, yeah, so they disagree. Ed's like, he's not. Tommy's like, no, it was self-defense. So we're back at home. We're, we're, <sighs> I guess they made love. I guess so. He's still got the fucking. <laughs> he's, he's clearly not wearing pants. He's just wearing that long T-shirt. <laughs> it's down to his knees. <laughs> well, it's a lot easier when you've had Vinny's to just pull that shirt up a little bit instead of pulling pants Yeah, well, up. yeah, he had to put his pants. He just threw them in the trash. He was just like, I, I, these are unsalvageable. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm having fun with our toilet humor here. So does he hear like a car alarm or something go off? Like, <laughs> No, no, no. His sensei senses go off. Okay. That's it. She's like, I have to investigate. I thought he was waking up to take a right. mini shit because that sticks <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah, that's that's an all night. <laughs> it's a commitment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So he decides I'm gonna go grab my flashlight and walk around my house. He's got his like mercenary flashlight, whatever those things are. You see the <laughs> yeah, the commercial. He's got frozen in a block of ice just to prove that you can yeah. use it in a block of ice. He does this for his wife every other day to <laughs> right. demonstrate how tough it is. Right. And uh, so he's outside, and we cut from what's clearly a house to what's clearly a green screen. <laughs> the worst. Oh. Uh, and right. we see clearly we see bad CGI explosion of this house. Well, we get they. If that's not ominous for you enough, 
We get a cut inside to the wife, who's always wearing lingerie in bed. Right. Her nipples are hard, ready always to go. Always has her hair and makeup done. For some reason, there's a storm again, even though it's like three <laughs> nights later. It's still a storm night. It must have been a hurricane. It's a metaphor, Griff. Oh, it's just it's a metaphor. Evil is afoot. You know, Murray, it makes me think of Thunder Rolls, one of the greatest Garth Brooks songs ever told. <laughs> I heard that, that that song was based off this movie, and this movie was based off that song. One of the last Channel 5 video that came out, he was wearing a Garth Brooks shirt, so I'm sure you'll be happy to see that. Uh, I will be. And the house just explodes. Oh, yeah, that's what we were talking about, the <laughs> yeah. house exploding. Yes. He ducks and covers, though. Yes, he does. He, yep. He doesn't roll because he's too fat. <laughs> and he's like a turtle just on his back. <laughs> and he has a lot of flashback memories. A of- lot of them? <laughs> they were literally... Five memories. Well, that's a lot to me. And it was just the last two days. The last two days flashed before his eyes. Not their marriage. Not because, like, like I said, they're spoon feeding us. Like you're probably so stupid, you don't even remember what happened. So <laughs> we're we're, gonna... we're 25 minutes in the movie, and they're like, "Hey, remember the last five <laughs> scenes with his wife?" Because his memories are her dropping the cup of coffee. How does he know that? Does he see through his wife's eyes? He just saw he has six cents. Oh right, six cents, if you will. So yeah, his memories that he flashes through. Her dropping the cup of coffee somehow. He had that memory. Then he had the memory of her showing up to free him from the jail. Then her in the lingerie the one night. And then her at Vinny's shrieking. <laughs> and then her that night being offended by his foul smells. <laughs> Do you think maybe maybe the gas he left in the bathroom exploded? <laughs> like, like Wong had nothing to do with this. It was his fault. <laughs> I think so. I think you might be right. <laughs> uh, you would think they would do a snake eater trap in his bathroom because they were like, he ate Vinny's. He's clearly going to be in here. <laughs> so we cut to the DEA office. Tommy and Ed. Tommy comes in. He's like, you're not going to believe this. There is no record of a professor Robert Burns before 1984. What? Clearly black ops. What? And did you hear there was an explosion at his house the other day? Don't worry. He's alive. His wife, she's dead. <laughs> I don't know how they knew that he was alive because Professor, he's already moved on. He doesn't take a moment. No, he's he's the ghost. We just learned that. He is the ghost. So he's already at Papa Yee's house discussing about how he's got people coming after him, Papa Yee. I've got to go get him. And I might have to kill 101 men to do this job, but I'm going to get vengeance for my wife and your daughter. And he said, I will get vengeance before my wife's put in the ground. Oh, but I need your blessing. And he get, of course he gets his blessing. And and he, he also feeds him in the clue. The key is the tattoo on their arm. How does Papa Yi know about the tattoos on their arms? Oh, I thought he told Papa Yi. Oh, Papa was it? Them. Okay, that makes I don't, more. I don't even remember. It makes more sense, but for yeah. some reason, I just because how is Yi going to give him information? He's all about giving people information. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. So. He checks his wallet. He's still got that card from Crash. He's like, because I need an airplane. Yeah, and we need an excuse for him to just go how check does, out Crash. I, I hate to spoil but the scene. We're going to talk about the scene in literally two minutes. How the fuck does he know Crash is involved with anything? Uh, it makes zero <laughs> sense. What also doesn't make sense, I, at this point, I thought he was in another country because Crash flies him in another country. His plane is too small for cross-country flight. How yeah. the fuck did that work out? I don't think, you know, I think they're in uh, New Haven. Still. They are. They are. So it would make sense. Uh, it would be suspicious that he's got a flight school here, but he's over here doing little puddle jumper flights. 
So that is uh-huh. a little fishy. Okay. All I know is they're flying, and then... Uh, Cra- Crash is just making light conversation. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm so glad you showed up again. Wait, weren't they playing coy if they knew each other or not? Yes. What he was the like, fuck? He was like... Two days ago. This movie <laughs> has given us very clear, precise clues, evidence, facts. Two days ago, these people met. He's got the worst fucking hair in the world. This is a man named Crash who he was offended He's by. He's still wearing the leather duster. He's wearing the exact same outfit, the little sunglasses... <laughs> Are they normal size sunglasses and his face is just yes. exploding? Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. It's like putting He's got the two, reverse Arn Anderson. It's like, He's got giant <laughs> features. It's like putting two olives on a uh, bread loaf <laughs> that you're cooking and then it just consumes a little olives. So he takes control of the plane and just starts dive bombing. Yeah, because he's there for a flight lesson. And we get some another horrible CGI of like the the uh, plane diving. Yeah, plane. <laughs> are you crazy? And then we get a horrible green screen of Tommy and Ed watching with binoculars. Oh my god, that green screen effect was so bad. But yeah, Crash screams out, "Are you crazy?" And Seagal, he just says, "Yeah, I am crazy." And then Tommy just goes, she pulls down the binoculars, like, I'm beginning to like this guy. Oh, that was Ed. Oh, it was Ed. Wow. Ed. He's got his blessing. See, wow. it wouldn't make sense if Tommy oh, says oh, that because yeah. Tommy wants his dick already. Tommy's like, I would take this man to Vinny's every night and I would endure that smell. <laughs> I'd, coat, I'd coat myself in it. <laughs> because it's a fucking Seagal movie. Yeah, I don't know. So Crash gives up Wong and says you can find him in a barber shop? Like. It wasn't. Maybe it wasn't Wong. I jumped the boat because I don't know any of these names, and I didn't care to know any of these. I names. think it's Zilla. Zilla. I, that makes Zilla works out of because they like once we when they along with the turn on the turn off they like they pointed out what their uh, position was in the operation because yeah. everything they everything they own is a cover for something else. Right. So yeah. So he's like barber shop, the hidden dragon barber shop. It's in Chinatown. Right. And so it's like, okay, we know where Sensei is going next. And Crash actually gets lands his plane, and he calls them up. He's like, craziest <laughs> fucking thing. That that Guaylo, he showed up. He wanted a flight lesson. He fucking tried to tank the plane on me. This dude's crazy as shit. But he's on his way to the barbershop. So Sensei knows they're setting up for a trap for him, but that's what he wants. Right. So Tommy and Ed... <laughs> They're like, should we follow this guy? Should like, should we be doing this? Should we actually be doing our own investigation <laughs> instead of just letting him do it? They're already in Chinatown, by the way. They're hanging out over there, and this is where Murray gets his favorite line. I think you even told me that there was this awful, awful reference in this movie. <laughs> I lost. What, what was? Oh yeah, he just go, he just goes, "It's Chinatown, baby." <laughs> Isn't that in oh. that movie, Chinatown? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I don't think they say it's Chinatown Baby. They don't? No. I've never seen it. Yeah. Neither have I. But I knew because they, like, sat on that for a minute, and he was, like, leaning at her. And, of course, it's seen the late. You're right. It was a callback to Chinatown. Yeah. So that one flew over my head. Sorry. Well, the, the, if you watch the deleted scenes like I did, that scene actually I was continues. made for watching this movie because I'm too dumb to understand <laughs> anything. Like, okay. So... Uh, Professor uh, Burns walks into this uh, uh, barbershop, and we see I, – I didn't believe it, but now I'm starting to believe because someone had said on IMDb that Seagal had seen Spider-Man 2. And he was like – he said, I want to have a fight scene where someone's crawling on the walls like Spider-Man. Okay. So we get a little setup because we see a little fly strip. It's right in the foreground of this shot. 
and the, Multiple, with, yeah. with flies on it, because spiders eat, catch flies. So I think there might be some truth to this. He walks in. There's a little boy sweeping up the hair. He's got crazy feral hair himself, and he's like yeah. crouched over. Like, well, he's there's got... like there's, I think Zilla's there, and he's like, yes, he is, and he's like, he's the head barber, right? And he's like, I got to go take a shit, Vinny's, and then he excuses himself. Yeah, and then the crazy haired guy, yes. Who is like just haunched over Gimli style? Gimli? No. Uh, wait, who's Gollum? the Gollum style? He's doing yeah. He's doing monkey style kung fu. Yeah, I going. thought he was monkey style. Now you're telling me he's spider style. Well, we're we're gonna get there in a minute. Right. But he's spider style. Yeah. Spider but, monkey style. Spider monkey. Hello. There, there we go. go. Combine the two. So right down to picking lice out of his hair. That's how committed he is to monkey style. That's right. This barbershop, by the way, it's obviously a front because no one... obviously a set, too, because it looks totally fake. Yeah. I think, the, I think the whole Chinatown thing was a set. I don't think they, none of it looked real. Oh, no, 100% yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why they only have, like, one or two lingering shots outside, and it's always, like, the same aisleway. Right. Aisleway. Street. But that, you know, you know what I, what I uh, uh, like about that street, Murray? It's a very walkable street. Right. And it was very wet, too. I noticed It that. was very wet. Alleys right are always wet. Always wet. That's where the And it never the- rains in, like, well, this is in L.A., but I yeah. noticed even in L.A., even the alleys are always drenched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, hey, that's where the Zergathas lark. Yeah. Just had a... So we get another fight. This guy's like, it's almost like they're, he's dancing. He's spinning in the air. He's climbing up walls. Seagal right. is like winded just by watching it. There was a moment to make this guy look more threatening. Seagal actually sits in the barber shop, the barber's chair. There's one in this giant yeah. place, by he's the way. He's so out of shape. He starts the fight in a chair. Yes. That's why I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Because one of the few shots where they actually show him doing something where it's clear and it's not a bunch of like zoom ins and zoom outs, so you can't fucking see what's happening, is him hand slap fighting in a chair. <laughs> and then you you can see if you if you got the laser disc, you can see the oxygen tank right next to there that he can like <laughs> lift every once in a while. Yeah, that's right. And the guy starts fucking f- crawling up walls. He's just observing because he can't do anything. He's yeah. too fat. And of course, he wanted to linger on this scene a little longer, too. So he, like, knocked knocked Spider-Monkey back with a punch, and then he has Spider-Monkey, like, going along the floor, sizing him up, kind of just moving very strangely because right. Seagal really wanted to have that featured. Right. And then he grabs a towel that the barbers put around you to catch your hair. Yeah. And he, like, whips it and catches the Spider guy. Monkey jumps into the air and tries to do a move. Seagal catches him by the leg and, th- like, it looked like he was going to throw him in the wall. I don't remember. He, he did, did throw him in the wall. And that's yeah. when he crawls along the wall. <laughs> right. And then he comes back down. He catches him in the fucking barber's towel. Right. And then he, like, puts He him tries on. to get information out of him. Right. And the guy's not going to give it up. So he, like, snaps his neck or some shit. Yeah, he just choked him out, or I guess. And, he, he, of course, he notices. He know, now he knows to look at the wrist to see the tattoo. And it says, the bird. Hmm. Or the guy The guy says the bird, because that's Zilla's uh, name is the bird. Yeah, Spider Monkey didn't have a tattoo yeah. on him. He didn't? I don't think he did. Oh, wait. Yeah, he does. It says peaceful. Oh, yeah, it's peaceful. Yeah, okay. He <clears throat> he was asking where the bird is. The bird yeah, is one I of the other Spider guys. Spider Monkey, I think he was Mr. Chang, because I know there was a guy named Mr. Chang. <laughs> okay. And so he's like, you got another clue? Here's my favorite lead of the movie. My absolute favorite. Because he walks out of the barbershop and he just mumbles to myself, where am I going to find a little lonely bird? And a woman sweeping up this wet street here just goes, 
Over there. Was it a woman or was it the little boy? I thought the little boy said it. Oh, was it? Yeah, because he was sweeping. Oh, you know what they did? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay. And he's like, half moon. Why did he talk like an old woman, though? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> it was all done later on, all the, you know, audio. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes to this restaurant, Half Moon restaurant. Well, Tommy approaches him before he gets yeah. over to the Half Moon. Well, no, I think that at this point there's a voiceover. Maybe oh, it's a little bit later. Okay. No, so. they, she actually does approach him right yeah. here. And, uh, yeah, he just starts spitting fire in her face because, again, he loves to feature how big he is. So they're, like, really close to each other, way too close for people who are not intimately involved. And he's looking down, straight down on her, and he's just being like, you guys don't know how to do your jobs. I've been out here. I can see your hands are tied behind your back. There's nothing you can do, but there's everything I can do. And he's like, you set me up. I'll do the work for you. You cost me my wife. And he walks off in a huff. And she just stares. She's just staring at him because she realizes she's she's a piece of shit. And then we we just get this voiceover for her to sing this is how amazing how i've never met a man more awesome the professor robert burns right and she returns back to ed or no that, that happens in a minute here yeah. because she actually goes back over we see seagal walking another really dingy fucking restaurant it's chinatown come on chinatown <laughs> and he orders like a, a cup of tea of course because when in rome yeah i'm watching my figure right and then tommy's like I, she's like in love with him he's like i have to talk to you some more I have never seen Seagal eat in a movie. That's true. I haven't either. I mean, I... You rarely ever see anyone eat in a movie, though. I feel like I've always yeah. seen our action heroes at least get, like, a hot dog, and they're about to eat, and then the radio well, interrupts. Well, that's because we saw, we saw Jean-Claude eat a whole restaurant in the last one. Yeah. No, I... So, he, he... I don't know what the context of this was, but he goes... Steal a little, go to jail. Steal a lot and become a king. He's just rad. I mean, he's reading it off a fortune cookie message, but so it, it loses some of its impact. I'm glad you added that in there because it's just yeah. There's so much. <laughs> I think it was kind of like he was saying like when I was a thief, like I was so dangerous. But like there's bigger people, bigger fish. They're just stealing. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. Those are the real thieves. Elon, not yeah. me. So. She's feeling the guilt, and now he's throwing even like she just got shit on a minute ago outside, and now she's getting shit on again. And she's just like, "Look, I feel so sorry. I want to help you." And she's reaching out for his leg, which he's moving away from her because he's not really that into. He wants women to want him, but he wants to he wants to make them really work. He plays really hard, hard to get, yeah, incredibly. He's a cunt tease. That should be one of his other movies too. Hard to get. Where it's just no. <laughs> 18 beautiful women trying to get the fucking bloated corpse of... Uh, uh, so she just scurries out, returns to Ed. Ed's like, oh, what did you fight? Because he's, all, like we've been saying, he's always outside kicking dirt, <laughs> kicking rocks. <laughs> what did he tell you? He didn't tell me anything. And now she's even kind of doing like a Steven Seagal impression because right. she's so enamored with him. Right. I like that her hair starts getting more frayed as the I, movie goes I didn't on, like too. that, but yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I didn't like it, but yeah. And so he cut back to the restaurant, he's sipping his tea, and then his, his sensei senses go off. You had the best description <laughs> of how he navigates right. this movie, though. Because you were telling me, Griff, he's like, a, he's like an alley cat. And we're in an alley, so it makes sense. Right. 
because the door will just slightly be ajar, <laughs> and this fat fuck of Steven Seagal will just like squirm in the door, right? Like, ooze into the door. <laughs> and, oh my <laughs> like god! Like, oh god, it's so bad. He is just an ooze with a bad wig on top. <laughs> so apparently, the half moon is a front for a illegal mahjong, like gambling. Okay. I love this. I love illegal mahjong. If I had a bucket list. Illegal mahjong would be on there. That could be a separate room from when I would do my. Uh, I can't wait. My, my uh, fight gladiator pet? fights. Yeah, gladiator fight slash island hunting well, slash we're mahjong. Gonna have, we're gonna have tons of like Asian businessmen there, and they love to play mahjong when they're not watching people die. <laughs> Is that a trope that's gonna die? Because I feel like everything there's always like an Asian group that they have high stakes gambling with. Even Seinfeld did it. Yeah, Asians love gambling. I don't know what it is. They and do. smoking. They do. So he just literally just stumbles into this thing. Yeah. Okay. We uh, we were trying to like relate him to a cat, but honestly, everybody, he's Steven Seagal, so he does nothing gracefully at this point. But if he were a cat, it would be graceful. Instead, right. he stumbles into it. Right. He's got gigantic fucking fresh white Reeboks on. What was with that? I was shocked because I I we know the footwear of every action star: cowboy boots, Timberlands. Yes. Steven Seagal would go with the Timberlands. Yes, well, because he's more of the street guy. But, you know, it, but it's got to be a big, chunky boot that makes you taller. Because we know cowboy boots is an international symbol for rugged individuality. Oh, my God, yeah. So, but you said, you said yeah, he would be a Timberland guy because he's a street guy. Yeah. You know, and he's got the Tims on. And Zilla sees him and is like, holy fuck, I got to get out of here, man. So he takes off. Squirms his way out, yep. And Seagal, of course, he just gets confronted by, like, five dudes. He flips them over, and then he's like, Flat I got to. fights them. Yeah. Does the thing where he twists the guy's hand back. He loves to do that. He loves doing that one. And no no fucking arm breaks in this movie. No arm shot. breaks. Yeah. the budget. Just, just the arm holds and everything, the wrist holds and all that. And, again, we're used to seeing, like, a clear shot of this, but Seagal is not what he used to be. So everything is super close up. You can't actually see who's doing it. It was a stunt double. Right. So. Takes out the goons, and then, like, Jason just walks after Zilla. Zilla's running his ass off to his, like, the office building or something. Just in the, it, oh, my God. It's the craziest little city here, Chinatown. It's just, it's just one alley. Because there's a New giant. York, New York City's Chinatown is one half block. One half block. I saw it. And so he goes I don't know what's going on with his office, but apparently they don't they don't have their their version of an elevator is just a, a rope on a pulley. We also have to m- mention that they're in this weird downtown Chinatown situation and there is an industrial plant right here. Yeah. Because this is gears, this is giant machinery, <laughs> this is all that. What the fuck is going on? He confronts Zella. Like it's like a hallway. There's a staircase, and there's this rope hanging down. We also get some great dubbing over for Seagal here. You don't see him talking, and you clearly hear his words, so you know you got the double. He wraps the rope around. I'm expecting him to like torture this guy or hang him at the very least. Hundred percent. He wraps a rope around him, sets off this fucking pulley system. They show. They just show a close up of something being kicked out, a gear turning, and the guy going up. <laughs> right. None of these things seem to be associated, but yeah. through the movie magic, you're like, oh, that's what. And then Zilla just calmly unties himself and starts running again. Yeah, he's upstairs in his office <laughs> that has this giant block cut out of it for some reason. <laughs> Like, this office is amazing. This sense? is. Did you notice? The stairs was a 90-degree turn, though. That's fancy. He right. knew. So <laughs> I'm hoping that keeps coming back. So he 
calmly walks up the steps, follows him. The, apparently, this is his office, but he doesn't have a key to the office because yeah, because he's going. He's trying to exit out the balcony door. He he's, loves balconies. So you gotta, <laughs> it all comes around. Yeah. And for some reason, everything about this door is fucking weird because it is obviously, uh, what do they call them, an exterior door, but the blinds were on the outside of the door. So tell me what sense that makes. And also, the door locked from the inside, so he couldn't <laughs> open it. And he couldn't unlock it. Or would that mean that the deadbolt and everything is accessible from the exterior as well? What the fuck is going on? Like, no one else can use my balcony, <laughs> no. so you have to have a key. That had to yeah. be it. Yeah. These guys are very you know, protective of their balconies. That's right. <laughs> it's with balcophilia. Is that something we're going to learn about? I just want to fuck a balcony. I just, like, get in my... Rub you, my dick. Do you get, like... Is it what kind of balcony do you have? Do you have like a fucking? It's, it's got to have the slats. The, I was just like, gonna, so you can put your dick in between. I was them. just gonna say, is it like the great slat kind of deal? Yeah, and yeah. of course, you have to have the I forget what they call it when you have the like slots banister yeah. slot thing, so you can put your dick in there. Yeah. And man, we're leaving out all the females. We don't know what how you guys are fucking these inanimate yeah. objects, but please, yeah. I mean, you write us dirty enough letters as it is, so write us dirty letters about the inanimate objects you fuck. <laughs> Objectify phobia. Philia. So, he, uh, they, do, they do so, like, stand his flat point. It's just he literally... Re- yeah, he realizes he's not escaping, so right. he squares up into some formation. <laughs> yeah, they both do. Yep. And then we hear the thud of Seagal's hands being hit, and this baby butt slap. <laughs> 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 I love it. Yes. So it's like <laughs> thud, 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 midnight thud. Yeah, think of the coconuts clapping together in Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people had video of how animated you were doing your slap fight yeah. there. More animated than Seagal was in this scene. Well, we can't see what Seagal's doing because it's a close up of the slap fight. And he and then he grabs his hand, twists the does the move where he twists the hand back, and he notices surface the tattoo on him on Zilla is a surface, mm. and he won't give up because he, he how did he find out on Saulo or oh I know what it was because Ed brought up Saulo when they were in prison yeah so so he's thinking Saulo is running he doesn't know about Wong at all right so he's just like tell me where Saulo is and he's not he's not going to give him up so he just throws the guy out the fucking window yeah. And the guy doesn't – he doesn't roll with his flip, so he just dies when he hits yeah. the ground. If he just would have tucked and rolled, yeah. he would have been fine. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. This, this, I don't think this is Zilla. I think this is another random goon because Zilla I, was the bird. It's so fucking hard to keep right. up with these villains. We and don't want to be racist that we're saying all these guys look the same, but they kind of do look all the same. Well, no, it, it's, Sal Lowe does it because he has a shaved head. It's, it's just hard because they give us that glimpse, and they're like, here's these names, and then they don't show us these characters for another 20 minutes. So I can't remember – Characters that are in movies for 45 minutes, you know, screen time. So expecting me to memorize 10 faces that I will not see for, you know, 40 minutes into the movie. That's an impossible task. So this guy's character, as I have it in the notes, suit. (laughs) He was wearing a suit. He was wearing a suit. So I called him suit. So Sensei, he does a Goblin Griff move where he just starts going through shit. Total goblin. And he move. finds a ledger and he flips through it and he's like, hmm, there's, there's, there's something to Clearly, this. Clearly, he's got to just stake out here. Right. Even though it's a murder scene at the moment, he's just right. like, I'm going to stake out here and flip through this guy's evidence. But we got to cut back over to Wong. Wong. There's 
getting ten little Indians is getting knocked down to like five right now, maybe four. I don't know. I'm not keeping track. But he's fucking shitting himself. He threw his Vinnies in the trash. You couldn't even eat it. Can't even eat it. And he's like, this motherfucker, we have to stop this guy. The biggest fuck, the big the deal from Burma's coming through. This is going to c- cement the whole fucking organization. Yeah. We can, nothing can happen that they interfere with this. Guaylo got to go. <laughs> if we don't get rid of Guaylo, this Burma deal, it's going to fuck us in the asshole. And the whole thing's going to go up in smoke. Do you see me hanging out under bridges? No, because I like a nice ice cold butthole, everybody. I like my Vinny sandwiches served on naked women cut into one-inch sections, and I like my butthole that cold. That is going to be definitely at my underground fight scene. We have naked women with Vinny. <laughs> just, little, just little little niblets <laughs> you can yeah, grab. Niblets, right. Yeah. And well, so now uh, uh, Professor Burns, he's at his office. He's got little reading glasses on. You say Professor Burns. I just – I don't associate that with Seagal. It's so funny <laughs> that he called himself Burns. Professor Burns. And, of course, immediately he cracks the code because, of course, this is a criminal uh, ledger, so there has to be a code to it. You pointed this out, and you are so right about it, that Steven Seagal couldn't think of any other way to do this. He just so happens to kill the, like, the many goons he's killed now in the right order. Right. So that the the riddle it's spelling out is simple enough. The riddle of the tattoos, yeah. Yes, the tattoos, excuse me. Because they're all connected. We'll learn that later on, that all the tattoos are connected and it forms a riddle. Right. And he's got, what, maybe five of them right now? I think he's got about five. uh, five At least. Yeah. But it's just enough to lead him to his next target. Well, he's looking through well, that ledger. First of all, yeah, he breaks the ledger because he notices they're using ancient J- Chinese generals. Of course, he's a master of Chinese history. They told us that. They gave us an exposition. Uh, I would call it a dump, but it was more just like a whisper. Right. And so he breaks it, and immediately he's like, I know everything's going to happen now. I know the Burma thing's going to happen. Yeah, and literally this scene is to make the audience feel impressed by his knowledge of Chinese history because he's, like, talking, but it's not on his face. Again, his face too fat, and now he's got glasses on. You don't want to see that because, again, the baked bread with the little olives being swallowed into it. Like, that's his face. And he breaks it down. There's a Chinese chance trucking. That has to be what's going to be hauling the heroin. And we know that Chinese chance trucking is in Bulgaria for some reason. So we got to go back to Bulgaria. Yeah. And we, and and we, we get be- a nice satellite, CGI satellite shot of like from space zooming into Bulgaria. It's so good because we go from him just studying under a little desk lamp and it goes out to the satellite <laughs> in back into Bulgaria. And right. he's just there with his uh, fucking big old duster on. Right. And he's he- just there with his frayed out fucking hair, not even blowing in the wind. It's windy, but that hair don't move. It's fucking, it's like hay. It's hay yeah. painted black. <laughs> yeah. So he asks to speak to the man. He does a Karen. He asks to speak to the manager. He shows up to the Chinese. Chinese chance trucking. Chinese chance trucking. In Bulgaria. That sounds like a company you would trust. <laughs> Chinese chance trucking. Especially in Bulgaria. <laughs> Especially in Bulgaria. So he's like, he pulls a Karen. Can I speak to the manager? They're like, well, the manager's not in. And he's like, okay, I understand. Another wasted scene. I don't know why the scene's here. He walks they, out. They had to call in and get the messenger, and the messenger was an Asian guy in a suit. And whenever you're being told to leave an establishment by a man in a suit, you know he's fucking lying. 
All right, you know they're lying. Because why would they bring out a suit to tell you that he's not there? And then he walks out, and we see like a goon like peeking out the window, staring at him. And then he looks back to the goon. And the goon hides, and then it's like so we know that a Professor is on to him. So everybody, let's set you up for disappointment here. We have no idea who this fucking goon is who's staring <laughs> out the window. All we know is he's in charge of laundering the money. Why? Because they do it right out of a laundry mat. They just hit you right on the head with it. So he's like. Holy shit, he's here. Get all the fucking money, put it in boxes, put it in the trucks. Yeah, we get like a fucking Rube's Goldberg scene where we're just going around and we're seeing the contraptions and everything. Thank you. And they're just putting money into things and this guy's overseeing all of it. That was it. That was the whole fucking scene. So Tommy, she's... I guess she finds the the office that he was using. Was it a Chinatown office? Did he just go into the place with the sheets, you know? and he's The sheets... And so she notices a matchbook for pink. Why? Did, how did he have a matchbook for pinks on him? Did he leave it, or was it just there? <laughs> it, yes, he was in whoever that guy suits yes. suits place. Yes, so, but okay, he was sitting at a different he, desk. Yeah, we assumed he left, but he was. I guess he was on the third floor because this is how rich that guy is. He has three floors. Holy shit! And so yeah, so she automatically assumes this is a clue. This is a matchbook to Pink's. Well, they've already been to Pink's, and they already know what's connected. Murray, we're forgetting. We thought they were doing a Tarantino <laughs> in the first scene with the pink sh- the shootout at Pink's. Because right. that happened two days ago in this timeline. I think four at this time. Four? I, think, I think a week is the whole movie's like a week. I think. Okay, so you think it's been four days max. Yeah. And, uh, guys, I got news for everybody. Pink's is open, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they're they, running they at full. They filled the billet hole. Bullet hole. You see, like, <laughs> you see, uh, like uh, what do you call it, uh, spackle. Like, they didn't, they didn't have time to, like, sand and paint it. So it's a spackle on the bullet hole. They had to put up. Like, they don't even have poles because they were un- uh, unreliable for people <laughs> right. to dance on. There was probably a scene where a woman broke it in half or something. So Tommy's like, looks like we're going to Eastern Europe. And Ed, who, again, is just a klutz. He can't find clues. He can't do anything. He gets shown up by Tom. Steven Skull started, like, this thing where, you know, women always have to be ten times smarter. And So they, they're now we're, we get the zoom in, the satellite zoom in. We're in, right into Sofia, uh, Bulgaria. We're at, we're at Pink's. Ed and... Uh, and Tommy walk in. Just they spend enough time just to see someone hand a big bag of heroin to somebody. Oh, really? I yes. didn't notice that. It's a giant fucking bag, I like was... a sandwich bag, and they're openly doing it. Looks like they're open for business. You know, I that... was, That's good. I like the fact that they commented on the fact that this place is open. They were here three <laughs> days ago. Right. That, the jet lag alone. How are they operating as hard as? <laughs> Maybe I've been cutting. Haven't caught them enough yeah. slack because. The jet lag alone. Are they getting private jets over here or something? Because they oh. are very. They have their wits. They see. I see. They see the guy who handed off the baggie of weed, not weed, heroin. <laughs> and I thought it was King for a second. And they they <laughs> go into. Uh, a, he goes into a tattoo shop. She's so like, hmm, "That's a lead. I'm going to follow him." So they follow him to this tattoo shop. The alleyways of this street look very reminiscent to Chinatown Street, by the very way. Very wet, very wet. Very wet <laughs> and foggy, though. This, this was a, your favorite scene, Griff. Do you want to explain it? Oh, my God. This scene, I had a pause because I was dying. And you know what? We're double dipping into this like weird little scene here. So Tommy's like, I'm going to go in here and check it out. And Ed, maybe he is jet lagged. But you know his thing is to stand outside and grumble. 
Right. So he's like, all right, you go in. I'm going to stand out here. Kicks a can. He starts, yeah, he's kicking soup, Chef Boyardee cans. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's kicking them all. He's Bulgaria got all... loves Chef Boyardee. They he actually it. was Bulgarian. People don't know that. <laughs> and so she walks into the tattoo shop looking absolutely like a cop. Absolutely. Just like nothing about her looks natural. She's got a leather like raincoat on. Well, she's, like you said, she's kind of becoming sensei. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. I didn't even think about that because yeah. earlier she was wearing a normal coat, and now she's wearing a sensei duster. She had a, well. Did you notice she had that Billy Haynes black T-shirt on too? I did not notice yeah. that. Oh my god, Murray! You couldn't, you couldn't even tell she was a woman. There was, like, there was no shape to her at all. <laughs> and so she walks into this tattoo shop. Literally one sentence for this eight-minute scene <laughs> because it's pointless. There's two. Like, cackling women, they're just, well, not cackling, they're, like, <laughs> softly giggling to themselves, and they keep doing close-ups of them smiling and laughing, and then they're- Slow motion close-ups. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. scene is- And one of the most, I thought uh, this was, like, a B-side to Sue Manchu's Do You Think I'm Sexy, most fucking fingernail and chalkboard song playing in the yes, background. So bad. It was a record playing backwards. <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. And then- the one woman is trying to tattoo a head, <laughs> yeah. and nothing about this looks natural at well, all. Well, there's another woman just looking on. Yeah, like, I like, imagine I, we're that like, there's two women here. We're assuming she's an apprentice or something, learning how to take that. She, if you want to learn, don't learn from this woman. Yeah. Because she's just, this woman has never seen a tattoo needle in her life. Like, yeah. I've never tattooed someone, but I could fake it, I think. She's yeah. just like literally just slapping it around. At least in this one. It looks like somebody who's bored and is just drawing a circle <laughs> where they're just going over and repeating and slowly going right. out, but then coming back in to fill in the little lines that they missed before. It looks like she's just doodling on the top of this guy's head right. with no pragmatic purpose. It's just they're all fucking hires. So the one girl is dressed up Matrix style with like the f- horrible leather, and the other girl's got like a mesh, not a mesh, but a see-through like white. Hot, like These halter chicks top. love the movie The Crow. I yeah, tell, oh, they're but. big Crow fans. <laughs> right. And they, you're kind of like, wait, are they, are they gay? Are they lesbians? I don't know. They're they're tempt, uh, tempting us with it. They're but. definitely putting out a, a vibe, right? And so she walks in. Uh, uh, Tommy walks in. They're like, oh, did you have a tattoo? And she's looking at all the pictures on the wall, all Ed Hardy originals. She's like, I think I want to get. Uh, my sensei. I want to get in, a rose. A rose. On my boob. On my boob with in uh, Japanese characters, sensei. And there, she's like, do you think you can take the pain? Uh, and she's like licking her friend's <laughs> ear. Uh. Yeah, it was like, I thought it was, she was uh, Jennifer from last week's movie. She's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> and very aggressive lesbians in our movies lately. Very, you're right. I didn't think about that. And she's that. like, I like a little bit of pain. There's some sexual tension going on between them. And Tommy can't keep her cool. She's never been around so f- uh, uh, women being so gay in front of her. So she like turns her coat and just scoots right out the door. Right, and we cut back over to the professor. He goes back to the chance uh, Chinese chance. Night has fallen. Camp, right, he he has his double climb up a drain spout. Yes, of course he does. He gets right into the. Uh, I guess that's why they showed like the director guy here, the the head guy here peeking out a window, so we knew when he climbed up the gutter that it was his office. So he gets in there, but the director did the. 
the guy, I don't, I'm assuming he was murdered and was made to look like a suicide. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. Because he's got a bullet hole in his eye, and he notices the tattoo. It says height. And he then he hears something outside. Well, it, it's just amazing because he somehow shot himself in the eye and then returned his hand to his <laughs> desk holding the gun. Well, yeah. So it's a, ba- it's a bad stage is all I'm trying to say. Right. Apparently, Sensei senses this as well. Yeah. But he does look at his wrist. He says height. And then he hears something outside in the hallway. Two guys, two goons are showing up. They've got their guns out. Sensei just walks in, caps them both with one bullet. It goes right through one guy into the other. Why did we have this scene only for the tattoo? Why did we need to kill more people? Just to show how amazing Sensei is. Because they're trying to lead us to believe, like, the. I guess it's like the Bulgarian gangs or something are trying to encroach on the Chinese again. Maybe. But this does not come back up. No, it does. This scene has well, no relevance. Much like Yi's father being a master of Chico, we never. That's all we hear. We we don't know why. We need to know that. Yeah, we just need to know that. So there's a scene. We didn't put our notes, but there's a scene where the tattoo artist goes in the back room to uh, some Asian dude who's. We just needed some tits in this scene. So there's a topless woman, and he's like poking her with a tattoo. This needle. guy was cool. He had the little round glasses on. He's like 75 I thought it was old. wrong because he has the white soul patch too. All right. But this guy was a lot or smaller. Or I thought that KFC were getting really diverse and like making Asian guys be the colonel now. But no, it's just. This guy came to America, got some Sailor Jerry's, was like, that guy looks fucking cool as shit. So he's got the whole Sailor Jerry look going on with him. And then he's got the little round glasses. He's trying to be like a hip 80-year-old. God bless him, but yeah, he's tattooing some tits or some a, a tattoo on this chick's tits. Yeah, tits. Yeah, tit tats. This is too hard for me. You can't do this to me. And so the two lesbians, not tippy tap, but titty tat. Titty tat. But yeah, the two lesbians walk in there, and, and she's like, "You're not gonna believe this. Just this obvious cop was just in." He's like, "Oh, really?" You know. Then when when she comes back, somebody knows she's gonna come back. Yeah. We're gonna set a trap up for them. They go, hee hee. This is their mo- This is right. the thing of the movie. When they come back, set a trap because that's right. what happened to Sensei. And so, just as luck would have it, Tommy wanders back in, and suddenly her coat's open now. So you know she's open to an right. experience. That, yeah, she's no longer holding it like you know. Right. She starts. Is a ten minute scene of her caressing the woman's arm in slow motion. Yes, and now the woman is tattooing the other woman. Yes, and. Well, is she? She's just randomly <laughs> just running. So she starts on like the top, like near the woman's neck. Yeah. And then as Tommy comes in and they're talking and she's like, do you think you can take the pain, girl? She moves down and now she's working on like the woman's arm. So what did this woman want? Is it one whole piece? <laughs> is she just doodling? Are they so fucking high? They have no idea what they're doing. I don't know. I'm glad you noticed point out they were high because... As Tommy's caressing her arm, we see all these track marks on her fucking arm. Yeah. So, it, well, part of the reason that they zoom in to notice the track marks is the fact that the one woman was wearing the see-through white halter top so you could see more nipples. Okay. And she's like, I'm into that. Like, I want some heroin. And she's like, oh, really? Both girls are giggling to her, themselves, and they're just like, oh, she's into the white horse. Why don't you? She said, well, she goes, are you a cop? Because you have to tell me if you're a cop. Well, yeah, of course. You, we know that old movie. And she's like, of course I'm not a cop. <laughs> Would a cop have a sweet duster like this? And she's opening it up. She's showing it off. And her badge falls out of her pocket. But she puts it back in really quickly so that I don't notice. And she's like, okay, I believe you. Let's go to this little uh, opium den slash motel I got down the street. I know the greatest place 
for only $150, they'll give you the clean sheets. Tommy doesn't know any better. She's highfalutin. She's used to sleeping in the best sheets possible. So she's like, $150 sounds like the right price. You can convince this woman that a banana, one banana costs $15. So she goes right along with it. She's a fucking puppy. Right. She need this is why she needs sensei in her life because the sensei will pour all of his knowledge into her brain. So they take her to the the opium den and they just hand the money off to the guy at the front. It's easily 400 bucks. American, not Bulgarian. He doesn't even give her the clean sheets. I could see they were dirty. Oh no. It's a scam. And by the way, there's a man, a bald man with the glasses and uh, a suit on. Why why, why is none of this suspicious to Tommy, who's supposed to be fucking smart? I don't know. Of course, Ed is outside grumbling. <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. Kick <laughs> something. He gets uh, grabbed by uh, the gang, and they bring, they bring him into like a back room, to put duct tape on his mouth, and just tie him up. And like we were saying, that wily alley cat, Professor Burns, <laughs> he, he just happens to be walking by. Yes. And when they, when they pull Gray into the... They, this, which, this is with a cat. You don't leave the door half open. You, you know, don't. Somebody forgot to shut the door. So like an alley cat, he just slinks his way in. And it's amazing because we see him walking down the alleyway all fucking agile like a cat would. And we know Pink's is right there, but Pink slowly comes out of focus. And they focus on – and right over his shoulder is the neon for a church right there. Right. So they're trying to connect our sensei to this heavenly figure. They're trying to connect the hypocrisy of having a church next to a strip. Which is what all L.A. in the 1970s in the Charles Bronson Death Wish era, that was all we saw. Storefront churches, sex dens. Exactly. So the trap has been laid for Tommy, poor Tommy. But our sensei, he stumbles in. So he, I, I, for for a minute when I was watching this, I thought this was, he was in another room and she was in another room. No idea. No idea. No, he stumbles into her room. Yes. It's so fucking dark. It's so <laughs> crowded. You have no idea. They do so many cuts where you, it I I I would believe that Sensei showed up for one day on set with the other actors because of how they shoot these movies. It's that yeah. bad. It ne- it's never zoomed out. You never see a full <laughs> room. You never see anything like this. So now we're in this quiet little fucking den. Tommy's getting called out for what she is. She's getting choked out, and it just so happens that fucking Sensei walks in to save the day. Yeah. Well, not really, because he gets into his own fight. I guess the sight of him inspires her, because she gets the upper hand on the tattoo artist, and they start going back and forth. Yeah, they have to have a fight, and close-ups of kicks to heads that don't connect with anybody. Oh, it's awful. But she beats up the lesbian woman. Gives her her finisher, and he goes, Tattoo this, you bitch! And then our, our sensei's in the background. He's just slapping away. <laughs> and he's doing the wire foo. Like, this had to be CGI'd because he actually gets his foot up higher than his waistline. He, it was, he does it was one CGI. Yeah, kick. yeah you, get, you can see like that glow that you know the green yeah. screen has, especially bad green screen effect. So they take out everybody. Uh, one of the gangers jumps, off, jumps out the window and drives off. And... Uh, I believe Sensei tells Tommy, get your partner. I'm going to go get that guy. Right. And so she she takes the tape off Ed's face. I, I had him right where I wanted him, you know, and, like, you know, trying to cover his ass because he got busted. Yeah, cover his ass. I think he was into it. Well, I, yeah, he'd want, he they were twisting his nipples. He liked that. I think he liked it. So was this fun. was the most irritating 
chase scene I've probably seen in years. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of chase scenes in these past few years. A lot of them are grading, but this one they is get in the so. shitty little Eastern European cars like a Yugo. <laughs> it's not even a cool car. Wee- and they're, they're like Tokyo drifting. He's chasing that guy who jumped out the window. By the way, a nice little artistic flourish. When he jumped out the window, he knocked over a hobo fire can. Like, yes. And they, we see it fall into the camera. While this, this chase is happening for so long, they're trying to like pad it out by doing cuts <laughs> yeah. back to Wang. We got to get the Guaylo. Guaylo, Guaylo, Guaylo. And we're Tokyo drifting because every fuck and now we're in dirt roads and they're all wet and sloppy. There's potholes everywhere. Finally, million fucking cuts in this scene. Million cuts. Finally, we're like in the middle of nowhere at this point. We're like in some industrial park somewhere. We are in an industrial park and somehow the Chinese gang crashes through a lingerie shop. <laughs> Apparently, all Bulgaria has sex shops. It's sex like, shops and churches is. and <laughs> tattoo shops that are fronts. Everything that's a vice is what all Bulgaria is. Yeah. yeah. He crashes there, and uh, a sensei pulls him out or something. I don't even know, but... I think so- he took enough time to check the tattoo. He pulled up a tattoo off the guy. I, I wrote down all the tattoos, so maybe I missed that one. Well, yeah, because he questions the guy, and the guy gives up Silo because he puts him in a chokehold. I don't think this guy had a tattoo. I think he just got Silo's okay. location from him. So he puts the guy in a chokehold. Where's your boss, Silo? And he's like, I'm not going to give him up. Then cinches in a little tighter. He probably farted. He's like, Paris! <laughs> so now we go back to the trucking company, and they are like, burn all the evidence. there Because they're scared shitless because now Professor Burns is on their tail. How did they get back hold of it? Because the Bulgarians had fucking killed the guy, apparently, and they I were taken over. <laughs> I, don't know. I thought the Bulgarians took over the building. No, they didn't. And so they're, they're, they they got all their money, and they're ready to take off. We go back over to Wong. We're doing the classic cut. It's sped up of him shaking his head for some reason. <laughs> we zoom out. There's barely anybody at his table. There's like right. two or three guys here right. now. And he's it, like, got to get that fucking Guaylo. Okay, so did we really need to have 5,000 shots back to Wong just saying, got to get the Guaylo? <laughs> yeah. You have to keep reminding. Cause remember, we're watching a straight-to-DVD Steven Seagal <laughs> movie in 2021. We're idiots. There's nobody would watch this. Listen, we need to remind the audience what what the villain's motivation is to get me, the greatest thief archaeologist <laughs> of all time. They're jealous of me yeah. and my hair and my outfit. I'm so bummed out we didn't get a Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark type movie out of this. I am too. I would have loved to see him right. like whip whipping across... <laughs> You know, an adventure movie as opposed to whatever the fuck this mess is. All right. And so uh, they, somehow Tommy and fucking Ed find out Paris, too. Like, did they follow uh, the professor? I thought they called it in or something because they had a contact who was helping them out. Because they're with the DEA, so they have yeah. contacts everywhere. Well, they're talking to the French version of the DEA. Yes, and he's like, oh, what I mean. He's smoking a baguette for reasons. He's got a beret on and striped shirt. It's like he's doing mime work. Steven, like, you're supposed to be a man of the world. We know not all Frenchmen dress that way. Just this, most of them. But this one does, yeah. And we get Ed calls him a frog. We got to have that tension between us. Remember, right. this is this is straight up Freedom Fry era. It's 2003. That's we hated good, the French. You're right about that. And so after getting their next lead, they're like, well, we can't act on this now because. 
were a little tired. So they're going to go back to their respective hotels. They get two different rooms, of course. Right. Because that would be weird if they had to sleep in the same room. Yeah. That would be weird. I wouldn't want to do that. Especially yeah. with Ed. Ed's fucking creep. Yeah. He's probably, he probably doesn't even have I a mean, room. I mean, if he, I was in a town that made Halloween masks, I totally would be like, share a room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I don't think Ed got a room. I think he's just grumbling outside of Tommy's room. <laughs> 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 so we get we get the most horrible green screen establishing shot of Sensei just walking outside, and we see like the Eiffel. Thing. It's like this broke down, like fucking Eiffel. It's Paris. Paris is like one of the, like like the New York of France, and there's this like broke down fucking hovel he's walking by. You're right. We're gonna have to bookmark that though <laughs> because this night he breaks into Tommy's room. Right. And he's standing over. She sleeps in the nude, of course. Yes, of course. Not even a giant billowy hanger. I thought you thought she would be wearing a hanger. Yeah. But I Wait, mean, and he's like, "Wait, I get my hands on you." <laughs> <laughs> that, might, that might need a velcro for that one. <laughs> that one actually. Usually, you call out, "I need a velcro on that one," and I'm like, "I'm gonna race Murray saying that needs a velcro because it wasn't a velcro. That was a velcro okay. joke. I got a velcro." Oh. <laughs> Damn it, I can't get over that stupid. <laughs> so he's got the ledger. Yeah, and she pulled. She sleeps with a gun underneath her pillow, like every sane American would. Exactly. Pulls it on him. He just like lightly taps it away. Well, yeah. Well, he reminds her, "How can you stand your own ground if you're lying down?" Well, she's also swooning because she's got him and his fucking leather standing above her. Yeah, he can. Oh, I, I'm I'm quivering just saying this, but he can literally hear. Her labia is quivering. She's dead. <laughs> I didn't like saying that. Yeah, it was kind of gross. It was an awful detail to this movie, but this is a movie of awful details. You do know the sound of a labia quivering, so you picked up on that. So he throws the ledger down. I did all the work for you. I broke it down, you know. <laughs> I love it because he, he has chewed her out multiple times for, I've done all the work for you, and you get all the credit. And then he just he goes through, like, and I know you're, you're undressing me with your eyes. Ugh. And he walks Yuck. out. Don't look at my ass. So now Wong, he's the, he's the ten little Indians are gone. He's just all by himself now. That's and right. he is just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Gualo! No, no, that's no, it. he's still got one guy. He's got okay. Silo still. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because now we're at the next day. Okay, I skipped ahead, yeah. Next right. morning. That's okay. I, I had to bring you, bring you back to that scene. <laughs> okay. All right, so next morning, he goes over to the dry cleaners, get the awful green screen of the, par- the Eiffel Tower in the background. There's a woman humping it because that's her thing. I don't know what you call that, but that's what she was doing. As our, uh, he just Like you said, like, he does the alley cat move. He just... Door like someone leaves. A, someone walks out. The door is just about to close. He oozes in. <laughs> God damn it! I, that's such a good description of what he does. <laughs> he confronts Silo. You touch the most sacred thing in my life, my wife. And then they do the move. Yeah, he's got to go through like three doors to get to the back here, but he just does it right, grace, gracefully. They charge at each other, fists out. Their fists connect. We get a nice shot of the fists connecting. Of course, Silo goes flying across the room from right. that, the power. Sensei, perfect like a rock. Yeah. And, there, like, water came off his fist for some <laughs> yeah. reason. What was that? Because he's throwing, like, what? Because he's oozing. I also want to point out, because this was in the era of when uh, Ollie G and that was really famous. So, the you touch the most sacred thing in my life, he hits him hard with a, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> 
that he was trying to glom on to, you know, what was hot at the time. <laughs> yeah. And so then he just fucking does a Jeff speak command. Hits the guy like a fist in the North Star on Silo's stomach. Hits all the right pressure points. That's right. Silo is dying now. He lays him out on his desk, money all around him. You think Sensei's going to take a couple bills for himself. But no, he just checks his wrist. Danger below. And he gets his next lead, which... Because I, now he's got all the clues. He's got all ten. Right. So now he's in his head. He's putting them together. But the clues don't even lead him no, to, they don't. Where, to no, where Wong I'm just, is. I'm trying to make sense of it. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just trying... Because like, I didn't get to watch this the second time like I normally do. So I'm doing it kind of live here. He, he he somehow gets the next like lead out of him though, and I don't yeah. remember what that was. But uh, he figures out like an address that he needs to go to. Yeah, he might. He probably just. Yeah, he gave up an address. He said some kind of address. But what we need to do now, we know where Sensei's going, but we know where Wong's at. Right. He's now, at his table as yeah, always, all alone now. He had a very nice bowl of jelly beans, and now that he doesn't have anybody to eat them, they're full. Right. So we get the nice overshot of him just reaching in. Only he only gets black licorice. Mm. No one eats the the black jelly beans. Oh, I love black jelly beans. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. And I hate jelly beans. That's the weird thing. That's so weird. My grandpa was the I like same je- way. jelly bellies are great, but I don't jelly like the standards. Good. I'm kind of like, nah. yeah, Yeah, when you don't know, when they don't have that official jelly belly And it's seal. weird because I hate black licorice, but I like black jelly beans. No way. Yeah. Everybody just found out something so interesting about Murray. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Wong, he's just staring at the black jelly beans. I would have totally ate him for him, but I'm not part of the gang. <laughs> you see my wrist. There's no tattoo. Yeah, that's right. So Ed and Tommy, they, they're they like 18 steps behind, like we always said. They show up the laundromat with Silo. Is that? Ed, for the first time, and if you're smart like me and Murray are, <laughs> you notice he walks into the place, and he immediately starts having like a reverse uh, agoraphobic, uh, like you know, trigger panic attack. Yeah, panic attack. So he's like, I gotta get back outside. <laughs> and so he's, he's sucking hair out of a black brown paper bag. <laughs> he's like, he reaches for the door, and like they're doing this effect where he get like Chinese characters are illuminated over his face, and I, all all these like lines from the movie are going over his head. Like I didn't understand this because I always from the beginning I was like, this guy's crooked. Ed has to be crooked because he's always grumbling. Yes. No, he's not. He just stumbles out and is immediately shot by some goons. Yes. And then Tommy p- jumps out, and this is where... There's a 10-second, 20-second standoff outside, and immediately Ed gets shot before anybody can register what's happening. And they're like, it's a Mexican standoff where it's like everybody has a gun on everybody else because there's two bad guys and two good guys here. But so at, I, I'm like a foggy about because we had for some reason we had to cut to that long shot. So I'm foggy about the timeline, even though they tell us every second. Were you Did, trying to say long shot? <laughs> no, I said long shot. Oh, long shot. Yeah. I don't know because I there were so many establishing like things. Maybe because because uh, were they literally eighteen was he eighteen steps behind Sensei because he. Walks back into the fucking scene. Yes. So did they? Was it like when he was fighting Sao Lo? It said eight forty eight, and then it said eight fifty three. When the the scene we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, right. Because he walks in, shoots the goon, saves Tommy. He literally waits for Ed to die, and <laughs> right. then he saves the day. Right. So now we. This is this is all the marbles. He knows where Wong is at. He's ready yeah. to kill him. Faye, you. He's ready. He's out for a kill right now. I really like how this flows. Faye, you HQ. That was the. That was there was a plate, and I went back five times to make sure I got that right. He walks into the most 
awful green screen room. Again, green. Why? Because in a second, it's not a green screen. Yeah, we 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 put it together. This is probably a reshoot. It, it probably wasn't even him. It was just his double. Yeah. Because he goes full on Mo Howard on us and starts poking people's eyes out. He literally pokes somebody's eye out, and of course, it's a close up of this awful effect. <laughs> oh, right. So bad. It's no, so- the real awful effects coming up in a couple minutes. Oh, okay. But he take he easily yeah. walks in this place, takes out four guards. Uh, he, he, like you said, he does the eye gouge and everything. Wong and is sitting at his table. He's there's like, just one door. Like this is the smallest room ever. So he's just walks in. That fucking table's taking up all the room. It's actually a very big space. Oh, I room. meant like the the, the foyer oh, that he walked okay. into. Yeah. Kills the four guys. One door there. Walks right in it, and we're right in Wong's room. And then Sensei, he's like. You thought you were smart. You thought you had every base covered. But I figured out the riddle of the tattoos. And he explains it all. And then Wong gives him the fucking slow golf clap. You truly are a scholar of Chinese history. Because mm. we got to have one more just superlative about Sensei yeah, even Even his enemies respect how incredibly intelligent he is. And then he goes on. He's like Wong is cutting a whole promo. Or no, uh, this is where Sensei is yeah. cutting a whole promo. You had 10 men willing to go out and do all your dirty work. Probably even more than that, but 10 incredibly talented men <laughs> that I took down with my own two bare hands. Yeah. All you, you sent them to their death because all you had to do was mind your business. My wife had nothing to do with this. But you, you're responsible for those 10 men's death because you killed my wife. Yeah, my wife. You probably don't understand that joke because you don't watch Ali G, the greatest TV show of 2003. And then Wong <laughs> pulls out a bomb out of his ass. Dude, this bomb did not make sense because <laughs> it, it looks like a fucking dirty bomb. Like, right. it's not a clean stick of dynamite. It's not like a little button he presses and then... I don't it, even think there was a readout on it. There wasn't a readout. And if there's not a digital readout, what kind of bomb is that? I mean, since I can't read it, it's not in some like Chinese symbols or anything. So he sets the bomb off and just walks away, like hits like a hidden door and then walks away. We get an awful CGI explosion. Yep, and then it's like coated in fire, and so the room is just ablaze. So Sensei's trying to get his wits about him. He's breathing in all that horrible, you know, uh, uh, toxic fumes and everything. I do, yeah, because I think we get a shot of some Timberlands flying away. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. It's like, man, this fire just started, and this place is collapsing on him and everything. There's smoke everywhere. He's not affected, but he's not coughing smoke at all. Smoke on the office. So he's looking around. He notices some katanas on the wall. Very, very yeah, tasteful. Yeah, and he realizes that, well... Uh, Wong's getting away, so I need right. to stop that first. So Wong's getting in his car. Sensei opens a window. He's like two stories up. You notice that it was not a window. It wasn't. It's a paper. It's the paper mesh like <laughs> wall that they use like oh, for rooms. Right. Okay, he, they don't have windows. <laughs> they have paper. It's a paper shade. Yeah, pulls away. Oh yeah. I'll get you the video clip of this because people <laughs> need to see this clip. He holds the katana like a spear almost. Throws it at football now. style. Football somehow it f- fans out, so it's now it's like horizontal. Yeah, he throws it like a football, and then suddenly <laughs> it tilts back up, and then kind of on an angle, vertically, horizontally, and is darting right at Wong, who's about to open the own driver door to a limousine, which made no sense either. And we get the, this is the worst fucking practical. We thing. we saw this. We went frame by frame on this one. We John Madden it. We did not do a Merman and Breakdown. It doesn't Sensei deserve it. Sensei is so powerful. 
He can throw a katana 50 feet away, make it change directions, and behead a man. It yeah. chops Swan's head off. Oh, yeah. He's the Noah Sittegaard of today's uh, uh, katana throwing. <laughs> Fucking hell. And then he's in an inferno, totally not even sweating. He's just like, <laughs> He turns to a wall, sees there's pressure plates all over he it. He sees that they're all the tattoos. Yes, he, he does. Symbols, and he does. Because they had to come up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And so he's repeating them all. And he has to show off his Indiana Jones, like, you know. Yeah, yeah they had to bring this back to, I'm an archaeologist. Right. Indiana Jones would do this, so right. I got to do it. They should have got the bald guy with the mustache. Ball guy with the mustache. Come on, Murray. Really? Ritter from last week? Oh. Yeah. Well, like they needed to have a big villain, the ball guy with the mustache, for him to fist the cuff with. Yeah, okay. Well, he wasn't in Raiders of the Lost Ark, so you kind of Well, he me was off. in one of the Indiana Jones movies, all I was trying to say. No, he wasn't. Okay. Never mind. Go on. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. So, he pushes the buttons in the right sequence. The door opens. There's a safe in there. He cracks the safe instantly, or that, or he's was Wong, the safe was just open. But Wong was so confident, no one would figure that riddle right. out. Right, no one would figure out the first riddle. So he's like, I don't, I don't even need to bother locking the safe. So and it's, it's just open. It's got all the evidence he needs. It's got scrolls in there. All Which in a minute shit. he does not drop a scroll on Tommy's desk. So I don't get that. So he walks out. Back to the DA's office. Tommy's, like, filling out the report. Everything's done. She's got the colorful MacBook there. She's typing it all out. And then we see her desk, and we see a big pile of fucking books and shit. And money for some reason. Yeah. Slam down there. Sensei, back in his leathers. Scoffs at her. All right, I did your job for you. Are you happy? Go ahead. Get that promotion you've been aiming for. And then we see we're at a cemetery. Perfect time. He said he would get all vengeance before his wife's funeral, and he did it. Yeah, this is Friday. This is her funeral. Yee's there, Papa Yi, and he's just like, I just want to let you know, your child isn't. His spirit has gone on to heaven because she has been avenged. And he's just like, I, I knew you would do it. Right. They both take a knee. They pray together, and then he gets up and he's leaving. And the camera's zooming out, and you see that. A lovely woman in a giant duster is approaching right. with frayed out hair. Suddenly, <laughs> her hair is full frayed out. It's full Seagal. And she's just like, I think I'm in love with you. I mean, you just, you're amazing. Yeah, you are. I have this effect on people. And then all of a sudden, okay, he, now that his wife's in the ground, he doesn't love her anymore because he's immediately, like, grabs her. Yes, he hugs her, takes uh, he her on the shoulder. He fucks her on his wife's fucking casket. They haven't even put her in the ground yet. Yeah, he went full jock. <laughs> Jocks. I don't know. I From don't know. Uh, the, our favorite oh, oh, escape. Angel Town? Angel Town, yeah. yeah. Where he yeah, fucks so he on. fucked her yeah. right on there. And we got a nice voiceover while they're fucking. Very well, also, she was naked under the duster, much like Jock's yeah, girlfriend. Exactly. And very, then very tasteful one, voiceover. And of course, this is a Seagal movie, so one last how amazing fucking Seagal <laughs> is. I don't claim to understand Robert Burns any better than now than I did when I followed his path, but I never saw anyone like him before, and I never expect to ever again. We know what that path was. It's the Pepe Le Pew stink fucking line that she is just like floating at. 
gross. Just <laughs> like Seagal has not changed. His pheromones. Yeah, he has not changed. I feel like no, he can... never. It's us. He never learns. He he's at the most unself-aware guy on the planet. And I think we have to take another look at some of these straight to DVD movies. Oh my god! I I want to see the true crime one though. I want to see the one Kill where he gets two serial killers. <laughs> yeah. I need to see that. Before we All go right, back, we need, yeah, but we need a we need to take a break from that. Though. Oh no, hundred percent. No, I actually I think we need to dip our toe into straight to DVD Jean Claude Van Damme world next before we do. Another, oh, another interesting. I have, oh, okay. I don't know anything about that world either. No, not a thing. So there you have it, people. That's what you want. We give the fans what they want. I want to say a happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I'm. Griff and I are getting ready to head out to the parade. Absolutely. Uh, then we're going to stop by uh, Ford Field to watch the Lions lose mm. to the Browns. No, the Bears. Ooh, the Bears. The Bears. Yeah, you guys will get to feel what we feel every fucking week and during football season. You guys get to You guys complain. You guys see it once a year. Yeah. You see it 17 times now. Now 17 times a year, yeah. So, Griff, December. Everybody knows we're a family show at heart. At heart, yes. I mean, we bring the families together. D-heart, of course. And, of course, it's the perfect December is for families. It's the holiday time. Yeah. So we like to do fun family movies. Okay. I'm right there with you. And it doesn't get much fun or grift. And a little trip to Lynchburg. By Lynchburg, I mean David Lynchburg. Excuse me? Yeah. How are we getting... Look, we've gone very far off the Golden Globus Theater <laughs> pathway here. Are you saying yeah. we're going to go to Lynchburg? Yes, but with a twist. Because a lot of people have been talking about this Dune movie that came out recently. Dune. This Dennis Villa, Villeneuve, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Villanueva? Yeah, I saw it. It's not that great. It's not David Lynch Dune. Yeah. I want to say right now for all you Dunophiles that are getting super excited for us doing this movie, I know fuck all about Dune. All I know about Dune is the David Lynch movie, which I saw 35 years ago, <laughs> the movie I saw recently, which I've already forgotten, and uh, I think there was a sci-fi uh, channel miniseries of Dune. Probably, I've yeah. never read any of it. Griff, you read one of the books? I read one of the books about eight years ago. Eight years ago, but it was the Dune book right yeah it was so uh, it, it, it was, was the, the first book so we he'll have something so everyone's gonna be gnashing their teeth going these fucking morons oh yeah we're gonna know. fuck this all up but the thing is even lynch's version we both recognize that it's not a great movie no it's not a great movie but it's ambitious exactly it, it, it it's just enjoyable to watch like i watched it maybe two years ago and it's still fun to watch, but yeah, it's not good. But this is just the beginning. We have a lot of fun movies for the rest of the year. I can't wait to the end of the year movie. You guys, it's going to be a treat for not only you but for us. We're going right. to be watching some fun shit for a right. whole month. We're we not got... doing no turkey shoots, no no Christian turn for you. No, no, no. This is straight fun. We're going to do a brand new old movie, which we'll explain next week. Oh, what that means? Yeah, if anybody has heard of that, but. So uh, I'm excited. Let's end this right now. Happy Thanksgiving and or to our international friends. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. And yeah. we'll see you next week and keep it warm.